11 o'clock comics episode 218 yes snap that's quite a number Have <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, you hurt. I thought you were spinning. No, I'm not talking about body. Oh, well, that girth. Yeah, oh, millimeters. Uh, it's a lot of millimeters. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a lot of millimeters. <laughs> <laughs> I am you almost. Said three. This is two. Four. Four. I am almost below 200 pounds for the first time since I was six feet. Right. Look at right? you. That's pretty good. Yeah. Paleo guy, which is. I think it's the whole concept of Blair Hurt. It's so good for you. Yes. But, no, I just eat fat. It's awesome. <laughs> That's what the. Uh, I wonder if Dr. Atkins is upset that they changed the name of the diet from the Atkins to the Paleo. I wonder if he loses money. <laughs> hey, man. I don't care. You get, a, um, you get an engraved club when you uh, mm-hmm. pass through. But no, my wife knows a lot of doctors, and they all uh, are proponents of eating fatty foods. Yep. Paleo diet, man. It's awesome. Just don't eat processed shit. It's all good. Or carbs, which is my gasoline. Well, well you, can eat, you can eat carbs, you just not processed carbs. Well, they're hard to find, unprocessed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give me a big old Italian bread and some... No, yeah. can't do that. Can't do the noodles. Love it. No, well... Noodles. I think I would rather die. Yeah. <laughs> if Vince can't have his ramen noodles. That's right. I need my dollar soup. I, I am elite. I'm <laughs> <laughs> elite. You're so Yes. I, fine I dining. I styrofoam cup with my pinky out. Hey, those peas, those hydra- dehydrated <laughs> peas, they're the best. <laughs> Shut up, David. <laughs> and the eggs? The eggs are awesome. The eggs. It's like somebody go. pulled an eraser off a pencil <laughs> and threw it in. And oh. it sneezed in it. <laughs> oh, oh, nice. That's, that's not snot. Oh. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's oh, 11 yeah. o'clock comics, and I am Vince B. Yes, you are. <laughs> and, and I'm Christopher Neesman. Yeah, you are. What's left of you? I'm David Price. <laughs> Indeed, and speaking of svelte men, I'm Michael Buble. Oh. <laughs> you, are, you are not Michael Buble, but uh, while we're on the subject, I can you piss can off. You play a horn, though. Save yeah. The I can piss my daughter off in two seconds by calling her favorite musical performer Justin Buble. She gets very pissed oh, the, off. Yeah, the, the Bieber was in New York oh. last Friday. Uh-huh. Yes, and, uh, Thursday, walking from my office to uh, to go home, I walked past uh, where they had the setup for the waiting. And like Thursday at five o'clock in the afternoon, you had hundreds of women and their kids like sleeping out in the streets of yeah. Midtown Manhattan it's overnight too. Insane. You know, to I thought he was. Easter. I thought he was the real deal, right? Well, at least the closest thing to the real deal as far as these new. Uh, performers go, but I, I bought her the album. There's auto tune all over the damn thing. I mean, it, it's rampant. I thought he could. Well, he can. He can really sing, but I just think the auto tune is a byproduct of the of the producers right now. We're such uh, fans of it that you know. It, but it's he very pain. It's painful to my ears. He's no Davy Jones. Yeah. And then that oh. that that freak ass 
Nicki Minaj is on it. And I said, what the hell oh, did I do? I cannot stand that broad. Don't get Julian started. We, we, Only time I ever liked the, the the Bieber was in that episode of CSI where he was the, um, oh, the little Oh, wasn't he killer. raped? Oh, no, he was serial killer. I thought he was yeah. raped. No. Dude, I watched an episode of West Coast Customs recently where the Bieber got a car turned into the Batmobile. And I was like, you know you're rich and young when you get a car turned into the Batmobile. And he can fill it, too. With oh, as many yeah. Robins as he wants. <laughs> you no, know it. you are not uh, Michael Bublé. You are Jason you Wood in the house. And this episode of 11 O'Clock Comics is, as always, brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get your favorite funny books and collectibles at huge Wamba discounts, 35 to 75% off their monthly spotlighted specials. I don't have a list in front of me right now, so I can't tell you what's on sale. Maybe one of the fine fellows in, in my company can do it uh, while I'm going on. But if you are a first-time DCBS customer, you know what you can get? An extra 8% off your already heavily discounted order and uh how do you do that david e o c eight that's the code but where do you put it in that in the slot slot. you put it in the pre-moistened slot and bliss nirvana that's what happens comic book nirvana and you you can participate in that at dcbservice.com they're the best go we'll wait we'll come back yeah so what's up how yeah, you, uh, you. It's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Thanks. I didn't read the before watch. What was the Watchman that came out today? No Comedian. idea. Comedian. Comedian. Oh. Who, who, by who? Azarello. Uh, Azarello. Who's the and artist who? on that? JG? Is it I Jones? believe it's Jones, yes. Oh, I have okay. not read it yet, but I uh, eagerly await its arrival. It's the first dip in quality as far as the covers go. I didn't, I didn't look oh, inside, God. but the cover is nasty. Nasty. Nasty bombastic. Yeah, but last it's, week's Amanda Connor cover, oh, gorgeous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, did we talk about that? We talked about that a little bit. Briefly, because uh, our, our fellows and I didn't really read it yet. I do like it. Um, I, I still didn't read it because uh, I di- I double dipped. Uh, I, actually, I'd probably be triple dipping, but I double dipped on the single for the, the uh, Minutemen, and I decided to hold off on the rest of them because I'm getting them from DCBS, and I'm gonna eventually uh, okay. buy okay. the, the yes. hardcover too. So, yeah, exactly. There you go. I can't wait. Uh, Amanda Connor, she's she's flawless. It was it was, it was really well drawn. It's a little. I think we talked. I don't want to belabor it too much because we talked about it a little bit last year or last Woo. last week um yeah it's a it's a neat little teen drama book yeah. which i thought was very interesting is how i kind of interpreted it but anyway right it's very pretty that we're not talking about that this we week. are we're talking about what the hell we're drinking right oh yes um vince why don't you start us off okay yingling lager next okay. delicious that's all right no, that's all right it's an oldie but a goodie. Um, Jason, how about you? Uh, I'm drinking a gin and tonica with uh, Bombay Sapphire. <laughs> and what kind of tonica? Uh, whatever kind uh, comes from the grocery style. The grocery style. Yeah, big, big, big chunk of lime. Jason's lime. elite as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a nice that. It's a good clean drink, good summer drink. Uh, David, how about you? Uh, it is too damn hot for the red <laughs> wine, so I am on uh, through some uh, ice in a shaker. 
added some uh, sour mix and some Jim Beam, so I'm sipping on a whiskey sour. Ooh. That Sorry, sounds balls. delicious. I can't do the sour. It's there's sugar in it. Oh, and there's frizz. Yes, there is. Yeah, right. and so I'm 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 still I'm still on like no processed foods right now, which means I'm just going uh, beam straight. So mm-hmm. uh, so we'll beam we'll beam an ice. Sugar is verboten too. Uh, processed sugar. Yeah. Oh man, what are you doing to yourself? What do you mean? You, you want a Twizzler? You can't have it. No. Oh. No. Oh, Twizz- that, I love Twizzlers. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Twizzlers, good and plenties. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, I'm not a big candy guy anyway. Oh Never Christ! I have I, been on a fucking candy. search for Rolos for like the past weekend. Dude, yeah, they're hard to find. I just Dude, you know I, it, I love. I don't eat them very often because I try and stay away from the stuff. But when I do indulge, I uh, I love the Goldenberg peanut chews. Forget it, dude. Wow. Dude. What's the what's the cakes that you guys eat? Tasty like, cakes. cakes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You better recognize son. Yeah, they're awesome. Never cakes are, are like with the rippled frosting. Oh. Chris, I would like probably I would step over you with steel <laughs> combat boots on if you were bleeding in the street begging for help to get some peanut butter candy cakes. Oh, I knew you were gonna say the tandy cakes. They're the best. Oh my god, dude, forget yeah. it. Are yep. you kidding me? Oh, they're just like Talk about perfection, right? okay? A, a a Taylor ham pork roll sandwich with cheese, salt, pepper, ketchup on oh, a god. sesame bagel, Diet Dr. Pepper, big old bag of party mix, and then some peanut butter candy cakes to wash it down. Forget it, son. <laughs> it's heaven. Oh. Yeah, I admire you because I, I would not be able country. to do it without the sugar. Nah. It's like a different country out there. I swear. It is. <laughs> it's called America. Yes. America. No, America. You, you are still one of the colonies out there. That's right. Patriotism. I'm just drinking some beam. So. The All beam. Right. All right, let's talk about the comics. Let's jump in. Mm-hmm. I think we all read yeah, a lot yeah, yeah. of different stuff for this week, right? Faux show, faux show. Yeah, it was sounding like a, a nice little mix of stuff. Yeah, Long. we'll never get to it all, I don't think, but what the hell. Let's yeah. try. All right. You know what? Let's hear from David first because he's always last. He, yes, he's he, and quiet, too. He's always, yeah. Yeah, he's he's always gotta, quiet. That's let's step his ass up. Um, for a change. I, uh, <laughs> for change. Yeah, they, uh, my, my notes are sort of like this. Next. Yeah, there we go. Um, I, I didn't really have time to just kind of put together the, the things that I read this week and, and think any bullet points or anything. So, uh, there were, um, the few things that I did read that I, when we talked a couple of weeks ago about, uh, memories and recall and, and if things are still as, as, as good as, as they once were, uh, comiXology this weekend or on Sunday had a, uh, a father's day sale. Um, with the big two stuff and for some reason well there was a father involved in it they had the judas contract all four parts on sale and i figured you know what if if there is a story that i need to double dip on it it is the judas contract i it is it is one of those things where i'll if if i'm going through all my crap if i'm digging through long boxes if i'm if i'm just cataloging my it's just if i come across any of any of the early first 3 years 2 2 3 years of the wolfman perez new teen titans tales of the teen titans i stop what i'm doing and i just 
zone everything else out and and read what I have my hands on. And the Judas Contract was a four part story that um, that brought a few things uh, to light. Um, there was a new Titan brought into the team. Her name was Tara. Uh, she became a member um, because at first she was a hostage and and uh so the titans saved her took her in um had her join the team and and slowly they revealed their secrets to her uh secret identities um where they live their loved ones things like that um because he thought you know hey she, she's just a member of the team and everything's cool but um things really weren't um as they appeared. And, and this was a time when De Grayson stopped being Robin. This was when Wally West stopped being Kid Flash because at this time, every time he used his powers, it was slowly killing him. Uh, so this is, this is back before Wally. This, you know, Barry Allen is still the Flash. Wally West was Kid Flash. So prior to the Judas contract, Wally West and, and Dick Grayson retired as active superheroes. Dick Grayson retired Robin while Wally West stopped being Kid Flash. They walked away. And I, I, I love that white cover, cover. Yep. with the, with the mm-hmm. two of them walking away with their backs to the, to the reader and, and their, their costumes, their outfits draped over the title, the logo and on the floor. And it was just, I loved it. Um, heroes. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, so th- this is a time when Teen Titans was rivaling the X-Men. As yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. It was. Oh, yeah, I, sure, I think it was because yeah, yeah, yeah. as as great as as you know, the Justice League was the big seven was was you know, DC's flagship title to a degree. It, you know, it was the Teen Titans that had the 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 contemporary stories. They were you know, it was in your face. They 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 used things that Wolfman you know used things that were in in the news and and he was just it was it was kind of like what Nexus and Baron did. Uh, Nexus what 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 uh, Baron and Rude did in Nexus. Do you see whiskey? <laughs> uh, so um, but so so you have you have um, you have no Dick Grayson, no Wally West, and but Dick Grayson is still with the team. He's still friends with, with everybody so he's still around but uh we find out that that tara tara markov who initially when she joined the team said she was an only child but um the few of us she that were reading brother. she has two but yeah she so so the uh, the few of us that were also reading batman and the outsiders recognized the last name of markov and and you knew um there were other things going on so the power uh, set yeah. The, yeah, and and uh, at least, but at least with Brian, those powers were given to him. I, I'm not sure if um, I believe Tara made it sound as though she was a mutant; she was born with the powers. But uh, so, so she You're was mixing based- universes. Ah, so so she she was she. Spoiler: She was Judas. Uh, <laughs> she, um, you know, it's it's. I know I'm I'm a big advocate of you know what it it doesn't matter if it's if it's five months old five years old or 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 a decade old it could still be new to somebody so you really don't want to shock them but at this point this is one of those stories where yeah. um you you kind of know especially if you're looking at the covers you Jean Grey dies <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. it's I can't I 
I kind of, I guess we'll, we'll break my rule here where you have, but you, it's, it's the way Wolfman tells this story and, and how, I mean, and, and I'm, what, what, what bummed me out and, and I'm going to go through it again. I don't think Comixology had any credit boxes on these issues. So unless you look at the cover and see who, who the, the writer, penciler and inker are for the issues. And for the most part, it was, it was Wolfman Perez and, and either, um, Mike DiCarlo or Dick Giordano, uh, as the anchors, but, um, rest in peace. And yes. And, and, uh, and you had, you had the three parts were in tales of the new teen Titans. Cause at this time, new teen Titans went to, uh, Baxter paper with Legion of superheroes. So, um, the, the newsstand paper, regular Mondo paper, um, went to, uh, changed his name to Tales of. And so you had the first three parts in, in those three issues, and then uh, the annual was uh, the finale of the story. Um, and, and Deathstroke the Terminator, I thought, I, I've always been a fan of, for whatever reason, I don't know why, because I'm not usually a big fan of Orange, but I've, I've always been attracted to Deathstroke's outfit. Because it's awesome. Blue shit, awesome. and, then, and then you have the black. And, and, and when I first saw it, I'm like, why is half his face, you know, why is half his mask black? And then you realize, you know, he takes the mask off. And there's that whole thing with Wintergreen. And not only did the Judas Contract introduce Nightwing, and and this was, there were so many cool things as, as that had me, I was going down memory lane with this. And, and you had... You had thought balloons. You had you had inner monologues that weren't in caption boxes, so it didn't feel like anybody was really narrating it. Which which is a thing with me. If I read a caption box, it's it's like it's a flashback, or it's it's just it's someone narrating a story. Whereas a thought balloon is you're in the moment. That's the person thinking then and there. Um, and and you know you have you have characters just dwelling on things. And aside from Nightwing, we're also finally uh, another new titan appears during the storyline and and that is jericho and the way you had that whole it it could have been corny it could have had a a very ridiculous turn but the whole family angle with with joseph with with slade with um with finding out you found out deathstroke's origin during uh the judas contract you found out you know where wintergreen and and really, I mean, if it came between Wintergreen and and uh, Slade's ex-wife, Adeline, it it I, he it would be Wintergreen every time. And and even I mean, and now you probably have the, the Snickers about how oh that gay and G H E Y gay. It's just it's <laughs> it it it's you know it really it just it works here in this story and and it really i mean you just kind of i guess have to be mature enough to understand you know the relationship between these two dudes and what uh, what year did Judas contract come out uh i want to say that this was uh this was the late 80s no oh, late 80s no. really yeah it, it was 80 87 oh, it, it was you know, post post crisis right it, it, yes, it was post crisis. So eighty eight, eighty eight, maybe. Because, yeah, because, uh, what was it? It was. Uh, I, Barry died during crisis, and when did when did Wally become Flash? Was it was it after? It was. It was before Legends. Hmm. No, this might be shit. This this might be. Uh, no, this this is definitely after Legends. I mean, after Crisis. Okay. 
uh so yeah so so mid to late 80s and uh you had um you have you have i mean th- there's so much packed in these four issues you have origins you have you have betrayal you have um secrets and and real like the interaction between um cyborg vic stone and that's the other thing i mean i i read these four issues and then i think about just reading Vic Stone football star from the first issue of, of Justice League when the New 52 launched. And I'm like, this is, and you know, maybe it shouldn't be, but it's it's not the same character. It's not, I just, I, I like the old cyborg and, and just his, <laughs> his attitude and, and the way he treats Tara Markov. I mean, they, they, they get each, each other's skin and changeling. I mean, Gar is just, this is when, when the Titans get caught, um, and this is Dick Grayson being detective, Deathstroke comes flying through Dick Grayson's apartment window and and starts beating on Dick Grayson, who at this point is is you know no no s- secret identity, no no superhero. This is just who he is. Um, he can't pretend that you know he's not the person Deathstroke think he is. He can't you know obviously Slade Wilson found out that Dick Grayson was Robin and and Dick Grayson escapes and then he finds out that the other Titans were attacked and captured and, and you see how the things played out and it just it was so like I always remember Garfield's the way he was caught and it's just and it just placed into his character where when the reason he is captured is because he received a a um a package from his fan club where he had to sign and send out like 50 headshots signed to each you know personalized and this is what he lives for he loves the attention he loves being you know famous and and the there's poison on the glue on each envelope so every time he he he, he closes up another another photo he's getting sicker until he just ends up passing out and and we find out how donna was captured we find out about starfire and and everybody the only one that really kind of threw me off a little bit was the way cyborg was captured because he was sitting down in a chair reading reading a letter from his grandparents and and the Truth. the the, 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 the chair, big magnet it was yeah the chair just becomes you know it, it he, he gets trapped in the chair and it like fries him and and he's just he's shocked and and it was but I mean, you find out who was behind all this. You find out why Deathstroke was even doing this, and and again, it it ties into the whole family aspect because I remember the second issue of uh, the New Teen Titans where you had them go against the Ravager, and so I mean, this this was like issue forty four, forty five, and and you're talking about going to a storyline that that went back three, four years, and it's just and and this was you know this was. Before double shipping, and and you know, I mean, so you had, mm-hmm. a- <laughs> yeah, way before double shipping. So, you know, <laughs> it, but I mean, it was just as as you read each part. I'm just, I'm always. So this is this is definitely, I yeah, top five of of yeah. all all time comic book stories that 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 I've read, and just this is definitely that's strong for you. It really You've read a lot of comic book stories. Uh, yeah. but I have to say though, I mean, I, I I don't know if I would put it in my top five, but but it because, um, but but it's 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 a very it's a very strong story, and and it holds up. Class. It actually holds up. It really you know, does because some it, stories uh, you know are are products of their of their time, and and we have nostalgia for them, but when we reread them, they don't 
like I, I would say that about a lot of like Avengers stories that I remember, like Kree Scroll War. Like I love that, right? But but it doesn't like rereading it now. It's it's a product of its time. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Whereas I, I think Judas Contract has some of the similar trappings of the time, but but the story and the gravitas of some of the things that happen and the whole thing, Para and 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 Deathstroke and and that whole thing. I mean, it. Uh, it I think it 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 definitely holds up much more. Uh, on a lot of levels than than other stuff that's considered classic from that same age, you know. And, well, I, was, and, I was actually going to compare it. I mean, and ask you guys. I I think of Judas Contract and the Dark Phoenix Dark saga. Phoenix, you're going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. As kind yeah. of being that, that's for me, it's just because of growing up a Marvel kid. To me, Dark Phoenix like is is. I, I mean, I enjoyed Epic, that. Yeah. To me, that's that's up there, like uh, that's above this. But that's again, it's just simply about. I'm sure if I was a DC kid growing up, I would think otherwise. Yeah, I mean, but but I think they're they're comparables, you know, for that time. And you go back and to to read Dark Phoenix Saga now, mm-hmm. it doesn't age extraordinarily well. And I I think that that Judas Contract actually has has aged a little bit better than that. I uh, think I think. I think Wolfman's writing or his stories, his dialogue, ages better than Claremont's, or it's not as heavy. Maybe I can um, see that. Yeah, there are because I can I can go back and I can read you know early New Mutants and and I mean and that's that's great stuff too. But still, it's there are he's I don't think Claremont's as subtle as as Wolfman and and subtle as a brick. Yeah, so it's but it's um I can definitely see and they were and at the time. Um, I guess the the edge to the DC on this one. I mean, if if you thought the Phoenix or Jean Grey, they were dead at the end of that. And and dude, you, let me just say, I got to say, Deathstroke's son, one of the worst looking characters ever, dude. With the mutton chops and dude, yeah. I mean, look, I love I love Adam Murdo. He looked like he looked like he came out of the Renaissance Fair. It, yeah, yeah, straight out of a rent fair, dude. Talk about. Yeah. Not- Hey man, you know it's 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 the it's the the mid to late eighties. You know it's, what? You know what killed there was, there was a there was a lot of bad luck. Was it eighty four? Yeah, uh, mid 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 year nineteen eighty four. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's pre crisis then. All right. Yes, it was. It, it, which makes sense because if 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 Barry oh. dies during crisis, Wally can't quit. And Wally has to, yeah. So I mean, so if Wally quits. I, uh, yeah. yeah, it's pre Wally as as Flash. It's good yeah. after. Yeah. So um it with um I, I always thought his power set. I, I really liked, you know, the the whole look of of uh and now, you know, with, with, with Photoshop and the way they can do the art, Jericho introducing Jericho now with the powers would, would look totally different. But I love the the blue line when, when he would make contact and, and phase into the other person and um it really did gut me when during Titans Hunt when 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 they kind of just changed things they, up a bit. They kind of fucked that character yeah, over yeah. pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, Titans Hunt was. I mean, and 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 that actually Titans Hunt could have been a Marvel book because it just went on forever and it, you didn't know where it was going. And they just they it, it became <laughs> stop it, the presses for people wow. at home that always David is a Marvelologist. He just threw Marvel under the bus. I did. I did in that regard because Titans Hunt was. It had. It started off with promise, like like some people would say about the Clone Saga or or other. 
Marvel events that we all think any any event in the last ten years. So yeah, but it 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 was I really enjoyed Titans Hunt at the beginning, especially with the Tom Grumman artwork and 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 I kind of dug Wildebeest a little bit, but then you know Panther wasn't really all that great. But there were um, I I just early Jericho with with and then and what really actually this all kind of leads into one of my favorite single issues with um with Tales of the Teen Titans number fifty, which was the wedding between Donna Troy and, and Terry Long. And I, I like I didn't I, the, the wedding itself, the wedding itself I, but the cameos and everybody yeah. and yeah. an interaction with all the guests and, and the other heroes. Has there ever been a comic book wedding outside of Reed and Sue that has ever been good? I want to say. What do you mean by good? You mean and like long term, where it's just oh. like, yeah, okay, well, I'm good with Superman that. I would say yeah, the lowest, the super. Yeah, it's not bad. I would say yeah. till the last. If if you if Dude, you Vision and Scarlet Witch, which kills, still yeah, kills me. That's that, still that, kills me. By the way, that, that, <laughs> they're that not together. Well. They should be together. The the if if you do not read the last four pages, I would say the the uh, the wedding special of uh, Green Arrow and Black Canary. I thought I thought yeah, that was yeah. a good it issue. Was a mess. It but was I mean, a mess. oh no, absolutely, it was a mess. But I, but I mean, I just as as far as the the story went Tom and, and marriages are right. bad. They, it it yeah. is it's yeah. the cousin Oliver of comic books. But yeah, the wedding, it's I mean, since he was just you know Terry and he wasn't you know a superhero or anything, Bro. I can I yeah uh, with with his red afro attractive and, um. and, and his beard. <laughs> Okay, but but I mean, as far as who My showed up, my favorite part of Blackest Night was seeing that asshole dead. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> damn. Um, but it's, I would definitely, I, I, I wholeheartedly recommend the Juice Contract. I don't actually, no, I don't know. I don't know if I can say if you've been reading comics in the past five years, you would definitely enjoy this, or you should read this. This isn't one of those. What would you give somebody new to comics stories? Yeah, but it is it is definitely one that's near and dear to me. Yeah, I mean it's 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 of a time when you know we talked that when when the new Teen Titans were one of the biggest books on the shelves, and you know at that time a biggest book on the shelf you were you were moving like you know what a quarter of a million copies yeah. about, yeah. a month. You know, it's it was uh, new teen, new Teen Titans was awesome. Um, uh, Marv Wolfman at that. I mean, was there a bigger writer in comics than Marv Wolfman? He was Bendis at the time. Yeah, he he yeah. was. Yeah, he Jeff was Jeff Johns for DC. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was. He, uh, no, I know, I know. I don't mean to. Well, uh, as far as I mean, he was the man uh, in comics for you know a, a pretty pretty good window of time i mean you look at you look at the um he was the dc's comic. roy thomas yeah well it wasn't Fair. just well, dc well, well, I mean, well, he yeah, tried dracula he, yeah he gave us blade and and uh you know i mean he he was he yeah he, I was, can't, he was all over the place man and for folks like julian you know he he had a hand in um uh the the teen titans cartoon mm-hmm so it was. Teen Titans. <laughs> so I mean, it was which I guess Teen Titans Go is is hitting the next DC Nation, but um, there is no there is no better Teen Titans right now than Young Justice. 
the cartoon. Dude, well, sure. Uh, yeah, I. pretty good though. What's that? The the Teen Titans. Uh, yeah, you previous. know what? My, my uh, I, I bought those. Like I watched the when, uh, back when Colin was really little. I mean, I was we watched those together, and then, I mean, now he's nine, and and Jackson's seven, and Holden's three, and and they watch the uh, DVDs. We have all the DVDs of the mm-hmm. different Ghost seasons. They watch them in the car all the time. Still, I mean, they they're they're like on heavy rotation. They still yeah. love that show. Visually, I well, think it's a better show than the than the the present Teen Titans. It's Young different. Ghosts. I mean, it's 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 very cartoony and manga esque, which is you know, um, but it's uh it's yeah. different. I think it's suits, it's suited for kids. I, I'll tell you one thing: my kids love Go way more than Young Justice. Really? Yeah. I yeah. can I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. But Young Justice I, is too serious for them. Like, yeah, there's too much. So good, especially now, so especially the new season. Yeah, right? there's too much under, too much plot. Um, they, they're just not into. It's, like, did they really need to hear Connor talk about you know why he he broke up with with Megan and exactly I mean, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah they're a little young to care about like yeah to, I to, I don't know I I, I think like. Young Justice is really good from like you know twelve to fifteen. Young, Young Justice would have been our Thundercats, our He Man coming home after yeah, school. Yeah, totally yeah. to watch yeah, Joe, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. It's smart and it's got so. <laughs> the, this season has been so fucking good. Every time I watch it, I'm like, I can't believe this is as good as this. And is. they didn't, they didn't, they didn't. You know, when when in the the because this weekend it was the the first. Um, Story art for Green Lantern has completed, so the past couple weeks have been reruns, and and Young Justice had a rerun this week. When, but it tied into the invasion because of uh, of of the the alien piece that showed up at the end of the episode. But it was when when Zatara merged with with Fate with Naboo. Ah, uh, sure. Uh, yeah. But uh, but invasion has they they dragged out the the secrets the the revelations they just long enough and um you had it, it's five years later and Artemis comes back because Nightwing uh requested her presence and and the way the way everything was just brought to light as far as the players and and who's involved in this whole chess match it. It worked. It, it, the it, whole five year later thing is so brilliant because you want so much to fill in the blanks and understand what happened and why people are you know, romantically involved with some people and have switched sides yep. and are now bad guys. And yeah, it's it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. I I love that show so much right now. I I look. I look forward to it every week. You know what? I'm yeah. still, even though it's reruns, or at least with Green Lantern, even though Green Lantern's in reruns, I'm still recording the whole DC Nation block because of, because I don't want to miss the the DC Nation shorts that they have when the commercial breaks. And right yeah. now, between the episode, when, when Green Lantern ends and right before Young Justice starts every week, they're having a serial of the Sword of the Atom, and it is gorgeous, and it really? is really oh my god! It's like in two minute chunks. It's uh, it's it's Ray Palmer, and the art, the animation is fantastic, and it's just so cool. It's like that whole that the, the whole first minis. Not really, no, no. It's yeah. it, it kind of it it it's very um it's very similar to the Injustice style, but it it works, and it's just and it it from when when the 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 plane when he's you know. Traveling in the plane, and the plane crash lands in South America, and and he's found by the 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 other inhabitants there, and it's just and right now we're up to the part where um where he, he's he's uh, 
doing the gladiator part with 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 the fellow he was captured with. That's it's cool. Just, it just it looks great, and, and so I'm I'm just I'm still recording that just so I can see that serial right now. That's sweet. That's sweet. It is. Crickets. No one wants to follow. No one wants. Well, no one wants to follow David. You, you, you knocked out the park, yo. Oh, please. (laughs) All right. Well, I have a thank you. You mentioned that. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. No, it's all good. It's all good. It's actually your boy, your coworker, a former former guest host of the show, Mr. Frankie Uh, De Jesus. uh, El Dildonator. That's all right. So that's 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 twice in two weeks because it's that that's who supplied Vince with the tardy last week. Yeah, that, that is nice. true. So uh, Frankie, you you got Chris and me now. You know, <laughs> Frankie. Sent- I'm, I'm looking for a, uh, a Canon 17 to 40 L lens. By the way, there Frankie. There, there you go. go. Well, Frankie didn't send me that, but he did send me from Drawn and Quarterly Ooh. Uh, by Mister. Br- Brian Ralph, a book called Daybreak. It's awesome. Which, on the back cover, it says, an art house take on the classic zombie genre. And I think that's a pretty fair assessment of what it is. Um, the book is, it's all six-panel grid in each page. It's, about, it's a little bigger than a digest size. Um, it's six-panel grid on each page, and it is in uh, it's like a brown, actually, like a brownish, grayish-brown uh, monochromatic scheme. Um and uh, the Vince, how would you describe the the artwork? It's 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 um, I mean, Ralph it's, it's a, was um one of the founding members of the Four Thunder Collective, you know. Yeah, which is why I think that uh, Frank sent this to me because he knows that I've been a big fan of Stoko and 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 Brandon Graham, and uh, Brand and Ralph was one of their crew. Um, Four Thunder doesn't exist anymore, but he was part of their crew up in Canada. Um, Four, so Four what Thunder's this basically in, is, is, is? Wait, wait, wait! Four Thunder's in that? Rhode Island. Yeah, you're you're crossing wires. Uh, Four Thunders oh, from Providence. Yeah, from Providence, Rhode Island. Oh my bad. Who was in that with yeah. him then? Four Thunder, Brian yeah. Chippendale, Matt Brinkman, Brian go. Ralph. Yeah. My bad. Okay. No, that's all right. Um, but how would you describe the artwork? I mean, it, it's funny that you know what? It, um, I was reading a little bit of it tonight before uh, the show to finish it up, and uh, my son looked at it and said, "Oh, that looks just like Diary of a Wimpy Kid." So it certainly looks like that. Ooh, a little bit, but yeah. I, Right. I don't know. Ralph has a chiseled kind of look, uh, heavy line. Yeah, um, very. He doesn't noodle very much. Um, it's it's like very linear, very thick line. But he has a yeah. The the, the style is instantly recognizable as Brian Ralph once you experience it because he's. Mm-hmm. I mean, he takes that through everything he does. And daybreak, Thin, I th- straight lined limbs, uh, like dots for eyes. Yeah, a lot of. Hatching, like a lot, a lot of little, little, you know, little linear lines, cross hatch lines to, to fill in, uh, you know, woodwork and, and skin and clothing. Um, but it's good. It's really good. I mean, he's, he's a great storyteller. Um, again, the book is, um, as I say, I mean, it's, it's, it's six months. I'll get grid throughout. But the, the premise is very simple. It's, it's you are seeing the book through the eyes of a uh, nameless, faceless, speechless uh, survivor of a zombie apocalypse. And he comes across another person, and that person is very chatty and takes you you in, you the reader in. And it's basically a one or two day snapshot of their life together, uh, along with the dog and, and a couple other people that they encounter. And it's just, uh, it's uh, as the book described, it's 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 
that very focused window into what it would be like to live in this post-apocalyptic zombie world. Um, yeah. So uh, it was really great. It was a very, very quick read. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I guess I would liken it to like slice of life comic meets zombie comic, which again, it's 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 kind of fun when people play with a a classic trope, but in a different way, and this certainly fits into that. So um, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm really I, I'd never heard of it, so I really have to give Frankie mad props for sending me this because um, this is was completely un undiscovered territory for me, and I adored it. So um, much much love to him for this. I think Ralph continues that. Uh, I don't know if it's if he continues the story or that that universe. He has a mm-hmm. book called Underground. I think that's uh, a successor to the volume you read. So he's he okay. still plays around with that. Yeah, yeah, he's, it's good stuff. Definitely, it's, definitely is great. Yeah, I gotta thank you. Go Dude. ahead. From uh, Jeff Griffith, aka Jeff from WV uh, from West Virginia. Yeah, he sent me, uh, it's published by Transfusion, with a Z. It's an anthology book based on Troma's film, Chillers. Oh, and, oh uh, nice. I, I, I do love the Troma films. Um, it's, uh, a, I love them. There's a lot of people in here. Uh, he got it signed for me by the guy that played the bus driver in the movie, uh, Peter Jesus. And there, it's also signed by... Uh, two of the participants on the title page. It's a black and white horror anthology. I haven't read it yet, but man, it, it there's a lot of uh, a lot of nasty goings on. Let's just say it's a trauma film, right? So, in the spirit of uh, the Tromaville uh, splatter and uh, gratuitousness, it's uh, a, a horror anthology. It's great. I can't wait to read it. It looks it is dense. There is a lot of reading to do here. The dialogue balloons. All over the damn place. So I'm gonna jump in. I may read it for next week. I think I'm in the mood for some Ooh, some nice. some gut gut munching. But yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, oh, t- kind of like a Tales from the Dark Side. You know, the bus driver. Uh, oh. the, the, <laughs> wow. You, yeah, you just you just you hit a, a little sweet spot in my my nostalgia button right there. Yeah, but the the bus driver, the I think the the bus line is the Babylon bus line. So he tells the stories. Uh, and it, it, it like kind of like the ambulance uh, in um, what was that? Was that Tales of the Dark Side the movie when when they did the Happy they were telling the they were telling the tales from the ambulance? Uh, but it's an anthology series, Tales from the Crypt. It all fits in that same uh, nasty slot. So it's good stuff. Can't wait to read it. And Pat Loika sent me a shitload of fables trades. Wow, did he really? Yeah, he was getting rid of some uh, a bunch of books, and I noticed he had fables. Uh, almost the whole, probably the whole run of Fables trades, and I stopped oh. buying it in trade form uh, with Volume Ten. So he had from Eleven Up, and I said, "I'll take them." Oh well. So now, I, now I, I'm going to regift my um, my my singles. Yeah, there, there's some regifting I'm going to have to do because I think Pat Loika wants to see me divorced. He threatened me with a box of shit. Ah, <laughs> no new paper. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to seriously think That's about awesome. keeping the wife around if I got the no new paper roll. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, it's not like I and, and I can't even say, oh, well, what about all the books? Because all her fucking books fell on her Kindle, so it's like oh, great. So I can't, <laughs> I got, I, there's no argument. I just I am ferreting shit away like a goddamn squirrel. In I, my I, right I, dude, I ordered, I ordered a um, 
I have I have a bundle of ten short boxes downstairs that I have to assemble and and just I mean I've been but that's what sucks because every time every time I go through these these stacks of of comics and that I have scrolled away in every every nook and cranny I like I, I pull out you know the nail another nail uh, dark victory last oh, time they're good. I'm like I just and I'm like I'm like I gotta I gotta I gotta read this and I'm like oh I'm gonna read it for the show and it's like and I, I, there are things that I just I can't get rid of but then if I if I do find it like the Judas contract but I mean if if I if they decided to come out with with an um an omnibus or deluxe edition of that like like they have been with the Titan stuff, I would definitely well, they, I triple dip on yeah, that. The, I mean the, they've been doing they've been doing the Titans omnibus. Yeah. They have they have two volumes so far. So I mean they'll but get it. We didn't mention it whenever you're doing your review. If you get the uh the new Teen Titans omnibus volume two has the Judas contract in it. It does. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. And that's and, and there is a there is a Judas contract collection and it has the four issues and the issue where Dick and Wally retire and um and and an issue with Brother Blood which uh ties into the whole event. Awesome. He's an oh. awesome villain. It, he he was another one. I, I dug the skull with the the cowl. Yep. Oh, it was freaky looking. But he and he was one who um and that's what was neat about the Titans. Not not to bring it back to that, but I mean they would introduce characters like the Hive. You never I, I never knew who the, the the hive master was you never found out brother blood's true identity i mean these were little things like you just that because that wasn't important you didn't have to know anybody's alter ego you just have to know that they really just dislike the teen titans and want to see them perish yeah mm-hmm. i like the brother blood stuff better than the judas contract i don't know you anymore yeah i do <laughs> I mean, I didn't say I didn't like the Judas contract. In fact, it, it it was the contract that pulled me into DC because at the time I was all about Marvel. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't want any Marvel or DC. And those Perez covers, the very distinctive inner, uh, the way he uh, devised the the composition for those four Judas contract covers. I'm like, yeah, I got to read this. This is pretty damn cool. There was there was a there was a neat little um, comment in one of the issues where. Uh, they mention a, they make a mention to mutants, and and one of the characters said, um, "Yeah, I, I, uh, you know, you mutants aren't half bad, or something mm-hmm. to that effect." And I was just like, "I bet you that's a nod to the X Men Teen Titans crossover." Oh, I love that book. That really is a great done in one. I mean, the science. I love Center that book so much. And, yeah, that is good stuff. It is, yeah. That's one of my favorite crossovers of all time. Oh, huh. this would be a cool segue if it wasn't close to an hour. Oh, yeah. Because well, I picked, you're a, about scratchy? I, yeah, yeah. I picked a a cool crossover. One, of, I think one of the one of the best ones for my oh yeah. my pick, and I'm not going to be able to get into it until later. We'll do so, it. Why huh. not? No, I'll get all crackly. Somebody else has to go. It's it's run it's close to uh, fifteen minutes. It's just oh, it's almost temp- tempting fate. Time. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. tempting fate. All right. Um, well, I guess that leaves me. Yes, it does. Yes. Sir. yes. Um, this is a book and, and a couple books here, and I actually need. I, I will have to grab a couple other things uh, to to fully talk about everything. But um, uh, this first book came out. Yeah, a few months ago from Dark Horse. It's called The Green River Killer. And I think oh, the, yeah, sure. 
Have we have we talked about it on the show before? I know. I don't think so. No, just in no. passing. Nothing really right, right. in depth. Uh, this is is pretty much in my wheelhouse. It is a a true detective story, and that's actually the byline of it. It's called the Green River Killer: A True Detective Story. It is by Jeff Jensen and Jonathan Case. It's uh, uh, published by Dark Horse Comics and uh, is an original graphic novel. I am a Midwesterner, and you all are East Coasters, so yeah, yeah. we so we probably are not as familiar with the Green River Killer as some of our our West Coast um, friends. And uh, I know uh, uh, Chris Campbell had mentioned on the forum that you know he was growing up in in Seattle uh, during this time, and the Green River Killer is one of the most prolific. Uh, serial killers in uh, in the, the history of, of, of this country. If it's you're going to do world. something, go big or go home, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> to, to the tune of probably over 60 people. Yikes. Which is a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, uh, the Green River Killer from uh, from a time in the, in the early to mid 80s um, was probably responsible for the deaths of of anywhere from 45 to um to almost close to 70 uh uh prostitutes in the Seattle area and um was uh, a, a you know I I was young at this time uh I'm imagining there was a lot of national coverage and certainly in the Pacific Northwest there was a lot of of media coverage well this book the green river killer is about the the lead detective that was was on that case and what makes this uh really cool is that his son um jeff jensen and it's uh tom jensen was the lead detective it's his son jeff jensen wrote this graphic novel and so there's a, a direct a direct tie from uh, from the writer to to one of the main characters, and it's it's not it's not just a, a serial killer novel, and it's actually it's not even a serial killer graphic novel. It's re- it really is a story about about Tom Jensen, uh, the the main detective, and this is kind of his son's retelling of this story kind of through his eyes and his father's eyes of what went on through this through this entire investigation and it was i mean it was an investigation that ran from like 1982 to the the mid uh the mid 2000s because it wasn't until the the early 2000s like right at right after 911 that um um that they arrested the uh the serial killer uh Gary oh why can't i remember his name it's Gary something um uh for the for the murders and then of course the trials go on and the way that the graphic novel is written is that it it goes back and forth from different um uh, different times uh, from from eighty two into the mid two thousands of the investigation and uh, whenever they make the arrest and 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 what follows but it 's all centered around around Tom Jensen and his family and kind of what this does to this 
to this man. So it's really his story. Uh, beautifully drawn by Jonathan Case. Um, beautiful ink work. It's it's a black and white comic, but uh, just at, uh, completely enjoyable and engrossing comic, uh, especially if you are a fan of, of crime comics, even though it doesn't, you don't, you don't have to be because it really is, uh, the story of, of this, this one detective and, and everything that he kind of goes through professionally and, and emotionally. And there's, uh, some pretty heavy scenes in it as you would, as you would imagine. But yeah, Green River Killer, it was, it was awesome. And when did that come out? Last, last year? Last year? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably been, what, a year, year and a half? Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's, it's actually on my shelf. I, I own it. I, I haven't. It's it's one of the embarrassingly many uh, collected editions that I, I have sitting on my shelf. Pull, pull, pull it out and read it. It's it's honestly, it's uh, it's not an incredibly uh, long read. It's, it's well, pretty they, you know, you know it's yeah. It's, well, I was going to say, it's, it's one of those books where I don't, I feel like you got to be in the mood to read it. Not that like you're yeah. ever in the mood. Yeah, you know, the it's sense like, that, yeah, but, I want to read about a serial killer. I just mean you can't be in like a bad mood or a sad mood, right? To read a serial killer, you got to be like in a. Maybe I'll bring it on my way to Vegas because that's that's. Uh, yeah, 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 you know what? It, it is it is a perfect airplane book. Um, you'll you'll have it read by the time that you're flying over St. Louis. All right. Nice. It's, yeah, it's it's probably it's two hundred and thirty ish pages. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably you know a good you know hour uh, you know read. It depends on how much you want to uh, sit and contemplate on stuff, but uh, uh, very atmospheric in 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 places. But uh, no, really good. So that brings me to kind of the second half of the Green River Killer. I went to Cake this past weekend, which was the mm, Chicago yes. Alternative Comics Expo. And, right. uh, and, and uh, first of all, I walked in and was met with a major disappointment because Jim Rugg canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Don't like a day before the show. I was like, oh, damn, because I really wanted to see Jim. And, um, and so he was not there. But there were about 140 other creators that were there. Jim, and that was more bad to have something to talk about, buddy. Oh, you know, it was um, uh, it was pretty amazing to walk in and look at this. And you know, we talk about oh hush, you two. Um, I think my wife just got home. Um, We talk all the time about the. rapidly diminishing comic market and the doom and gloom of of everything about uh, a shrinking reader base but you go to a show like this that has absolutely nothing to do with most of the comics that um you know that we and probably our audience read i mean these are all very um you know very indie mini comic um, you buy it at the show or at the very few comic shops locally that would have this product, or it's really just not available. I mean, there's probably some web comics um, that that you know a lot of this stuff um, gets gets turned into. But you know, I go to a show like this, and it's amazing to me and very heartening because I'm like, you know what? Um, the comic industry may have its ups and downs and peaks and valleys. It always has from the very beginning uh it's had its ups and downs but the the medium of comics is so strong and to go to a show like this and just walk you know table after table after table of people that 
you know are not making they're not making any money making comics or very very little money and it is just their absolute passion for the medium I'm like yeah this medium will never die there will always be people making comics and and this show just showed that and there's so much amazing and different and diverse and, and amazing stuff which brings me to, back to the Green River Killer that I'm walking past uh, a table and Sean Dove uh, from Four Star Studios. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. Was, he was set up next to um, a guy named Tyrell Cannon who had, um, who had uh, two books set up and they looked very interesting. Just kind of like a, um, a stark, very nondescript, you know, obviously 70s haircut looking guy and the name Gary printed above it. And I was like, oh, that looks kind of kind of neat and so i picked it up and started flipping through it and started talking to um to tyrell and he's like yeah this is uh this is my uh book about the green river green river killer i'm like oh that's interesting i just started reading the green river killer from dark horse he's like yeah that was uh that he didn't say that kind of sucked but you you could tell he's like yeah i started doing this book right about the time that those guys did and they just got it to press before i did and so he's been he's been working on this uh multi-chapter and self-published story about um about the green river killer for uh a few years now and has been been self-publishing it and he actually got in touch with um with Jeff Jensen and Jonathan Case whenever whenever their version of the story was coming out and uh, it actually works out really well because The Green River Killer by Dark Horse is about the detective on the case and Gary, as the name would suggest, is all from the perspective of the serial killer. So if you, if you really like The Green River Killer Green, God, am I having trouble with that tonight? If you really enjoyed the Green River Killer, you should go to TyrellCannon.com, and that's T Y R E L L C A N N O N.com, and uh, navigate to the comic section and Gary, and you can read all of this for free online. It is his webcomic for Gary, and then you can purchase the collected editions. He has the the first two are in print now with a third and final chapter coming out, but it is a perfect compliment, and actually it, it works so awesome um, with the, the OGN from Dark Horse to get both sides of a really gruesome and interesting and, and odd tale of a uh, uh, a serial killer in in American history, so that was uh, that was really cool to find uh, to find that at at Cake. I also um, I found some other stuff which I'll revisit probably next week because I don't want to bogart too much time. But I got to talk to Jeffrey Brown, who was there. Nice. He is. Doing How was awesome. the Darth Vader and Son? Crazy. He is. Um, I heard it's been flying off the shelves. Like he's par- been like it's been selling like crazy. To paraphrase Jeffrey, it is like nothing else he's ever experienced in his life, mm-hmm. and he's having a little bit uh, trouble trying to process everything. I believe you're stunned. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, now you're fuzzy. Um, 
it, yeah, I think it is. It is done so well that for the first time in his professional career, he's having to do things like close off his commission list and <laughs> uh, uh, having to plan trips around the country for not only Darth Vader and Sun signings, but um, he's got a movie that uh, that just got picked up by uh, IFC, which is going to have uh, more of a national release in the springtime of 2013. So he's doing a lot of traveling for the movie and for Darth Vader and Son, and still doing you know stuff with Top Shelf. It's it is so exciting to see uh, to see him so successful and and doing so well um i got a, a nice little a nice little bonus um vince you remember whenever i got you uh one of his process packs mm -hmm. which are awesome if you ever if you ever see jeffrey at a convention you should totally buy one of these um it's called process and it is an envelope with a mini comic talking about how he makes his comics and a bunch of oddball odds and ends that he he collects he's the kind of guy that is always doodling and writing and taking notes and all sorts of stuff and so i bought one of his process packs because i gave my other one to my good dear friend vince bond and um among other things i got um uh, a list of or actually scripts for a, a hockey story he's doing and a badge from a comic book convention that he had been at. And the, the real treasure of it was a, um, a spec drawing for the Darth Vader and Son pitch that he did. So I have one of the original Darth Vader and Son drawings that he so did. Which yeah, I was was just going to say that you can imagine that those process packs are going to go way up. He's not going to sell them for the prices prices he has been. He can't. No, no, yeah. no. They're just they're 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 too too incredibly cool. They're, you but, get original yeah. art. Yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I open this up and I've got I've I have an original Darth Vader and Son drawing for the pitch that he did for the book, and it's like it is finished art and. I'm just like okay, that's cool. I'm going to pack this one away. Um, so it was really cool to. Uh, to grab that and see Jeffrey and so yeah so cake was very cool congratulations to those folks nice that is awesome yeah I'm and good. go to terrellcanon.com check that comic out you you yeah we'll and we'll have to add the URL in mm -hmm. the show notes and and you are good Vince I just and yeah I had I just checked the damn covers I, I would have been able to say that yeah that that Judas contract was 1984 because I'm looking at the covers now and it, it's got a, and even the annual says the damn year so look at you Thank you, Vince. Thank you for saving my ass. I got something that was published 10 years later. So you know it's oh, good. Shit. Yep. Kiss. You know, you're, you're not too far away. But I mean, I Kiss, figured as much. Kiss yeah, wasn't published. Kiss comic out, drawn by Jamal, Jamal Eichel. Can't wait for it. Got it coming. Um, David was going through stuff. I did the same, and I managed to stumble upon one of my favorite crossovers. And one of my favorite crossover tie-ins. Now, is is the is this one half of the crossover? Um, they weren't co connected in any way. No, I know they weren't connected in any way. But yes, just, I mean, you know, both publishers had to publish right. their version of the right. crossover. Right. So. And this one is far better than. I, uh, uh, yeah. Far far yeah. better. Yeah. It, it it was a joint publishing effort by DC and Image Comics, so it's 1994. 
do Wolverine the math. Witchblade? No, do the math. It's it's two of the biggest Pretty names close. in comics working at the time. Both uh, have movies. Doing their signature characters. It is, uh, of, of course... Spawn, Batman? Yep. Frank Miller. Oh, hey! And Todd McFarlane doing Spawn, Batman. And... uh I really don't think they aspired for for much more with this <laughs> this book than just having a damn good time, because it is all over the place. Uh, it's it's crazy. Uh, and back then, Spawn Comics were, for Image it was like almost a license to print money. I mean, Spawn was selling buku in 1994, and Batman was pretty damn popular as well, right? So. And and I didn't I don't remember ever reading this, but on the inside front cover, it says uh, Spawn versus Batman is a companion piece to DC Comics: The Dark Knight Returns. It does not represent current DC continuity. Now I don't know whether that means the the story like Dark Knight Returns is not in continuity, or whether this continuity is the Dark Knight Returns continuity. I don't know. It doesn't really matter, but I, that's just an odd thing to say, right? It's a companion piece to Dark Knight Returns. It's nothing like Dark Knight Returns. Well, it's not, it's, it's, right, but it's, is it is it that is it Miller's Batman Bruce Wayne from Dark can, Knight Returns? How can is it like, it, you know he's not old? No, no, no he's not, he's not old. This, but does he have that mentality? Is it yes, that? very much so. so. All right, so I mean, I guess, I guess that it's it's that it's Frank Miller's Dark Knight Batman, just a little younger, and this is this is pre Broken Bat, right? So this oh, yeah. is yeah, okay, all right, yeah. But uh, the, there's a paper thin backdrop to the to the fighting. Uh, <laughs> it's an image book. And it's paper. It's, thin. it's really paper thin. Shocking. You you, you have <laughs> the time of uh, the time. This humanity news there. Yeah. Well, hey, it's all about the characters, right? And actually, it's all about the creators as far as this book goes. Yes. Uh, you have a humanitarian named Doctor Margaret Love, uh, who fronts an organization called Heal the World. And uh, through this organization, yeah, through this organization, she we seeks to, children. in her own words, bring the rewards of self-actualization, empowerment, and attitude adjustment to the disenfranchised of our troubled planet. Now that's bullshit because behind the facade, she's really a crazy-ass Soviet black ops agent named <laughs> Nadia Vladova. <laughs> Oh yeah, and she specialized in mind control. Yeah, Heal the world man. is a front for harvesting human raw material for her ultra high-powered cyborg peacekeeper assassins. Of course it is. And now nobody gives a shit about disappearing transients, right? No, except never. Batman. No. Except Batman, who fresh from the cult, who runs into one of the metal beasties back in Gotham, and as he's fighting it, he just happens to, to plunge his hand into this cyborg and rip out something, and it's a human head. So there, there's, there's organic really? material within these cyborgs, and he traces the dental uh, records of the head back to a mission in New York City where he runs into Al Simmons, a.k.a. Oh. Spawn, in the process of doling out his unique brand of retribution on two street punks for attempting to incinerate a defenseless transient. Batman swings in, sees Spawn apparently burning these two guys. He was really banishing them to hell. Um, appears to Batman that good old hamburger had just murdered two innocents, right? And they throw down page after page after page of 
Batman getting the shit kicked out of him by Spawn. It's awesome. I mean, and and during the whole fight, he's all Detective John Kimball. You lack discipline. You're sloppy. And Spawn is just like handing him his head, just mm-hmm. wiping the ground with Batman. When this when came out, when does Tony Twist show up? They don't. When, when this came out, I was uh, like, "This is the greatest comic ever." Because when Vince is doing his monologue, if you try and ask like him a question, he just it's... completely like. Like, no, no, there's no Tony Twist in here. But you know, uh, I was I was living in St. Louis whenever all the Tony Twist stuff was happening. Yeah. So Tony Twist was a mm-hmm. hockey player for the St. Louis Blues. But yeah. visually, though, the two were not nothing alike, right? <laughs> I mean, they, yes, no, visually yeah, they were a yes. lot alike, except one was wearing a fucking tutu. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Todd McFarlane's a huge hockey fan, and yes, he was totally making fun of Tony Twist oh. and was sued and did they settled did, I think did Twister yeah Twister got some money out of that yeah, I have an autographed Tony Twist picture in my room look at you wow yeah and Kelly, Ch- Kelly Chase and Tony Twist the Twister was awesome man he was the baddest man in the valley for a while put Spawn sure. through his paces let me tell you um but uh but what was I going to say oh back at the back in the day when this came out I was loving it because over in the DC universe, Batman could do no wrong, right? But here you have Spawn just wailing the crap out of him over and over and over and over. And uh, you know, in 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 traditional crossover uh, form, they do eventually team up, right? They settle their differences momentarily to uh, go after Nadia, who, by the way, has. Uh, a knack for um, vocal mind control. Whenever people hear her speak, they're mesmerized by her her voice, and uh, it it affects Bruce Wayne a little bit. <gasps> yeah, amazingly really? so. No, because um, there's there's one uh, page where she's like she's giving him the old sob uh, story, and Batman's totally buying it. Uh, oh, Batman! He's, he's all my all my dreams are in your hands, and he's like, "He will be stopped, Doctor. He won't get anywhere near your ship." It's like, "Come on, you're Batman. You can let this broad bamboozle you, but obviously it works, right?" So she has this ship docked off um, New York City, where she invited um, the president and and high ranking uh, government officials to hear her pitch. And what she's really doing is she's mind controlling all of them because in the belly of the ship, it's loaded with nuclear missiles. <laughs> That that's her solution to heal the world. Uh, people are the problem, and she wants to eradicate the problem at the source and just kill everyone, right? So Batman and Spawn they they get there almost on time, but that she manages to kick off one missile and they have to stop it. And 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 it it ends with them fighting again. Um, I won't say the very ending, but that's funny. the very last panel was carried over into the Spawn series. I think this this issue takes place between Spawn 20 and 21, I think, and he came back after this uh, with a gaping scar in his, in his, oh, in his yes, face. You remember the last panel? Yes, yes. Yeah, well, can, I'll From just say, batarang. come on. Yeah, Batman throws a batarang right yes. at his face, yes. and, it, and it sinks in. Was that in. the last page of, of the crossover? Yeah, well, the last story page. The last okay. page is a double-page spread that uh, Papi Capullo drew. Yeah, of uh, no, actually, it's not. Uh, there's a double-page Capullo Batman Spawn drawing, which is magnificent. But the very last page is a team-up, a McFarlane Frank Miller team-up, where Miller draws Batman, and obviously McFarlane draws Spawn. It's it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. You'd swear that Gotham City was like the sign osier instead of anything. I know. 
Grimjack. Everybody ends up fucking meeting Batman. You know, reading this book, it's magnificent. I love Todd McFarlane's art, and Frank Miller is as heavy-handed as he ever was with the writing. But I got to say, as much as I worship McFarlane, he stepped in shit big time when he designed Spawn because his designs, like just for uh, characters like that, that, that tread through his stories, he's not the best character designer. I agree with that. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah uh, sure. the Spawn design well, that damn, is, is that damn amazing. Female newscaster, right? Like and and hairs. that's yeah, what I'm saying. This this Nadia chick has a, a forelock, like her hair comes <laughs> right down in her face. And how many McFarlane characters have you seen with their hair just like Mary doing a little doopity yeah, doo coming down in front? But uh, you cannot knock his storytelling ability. People like to shit on McFarlane. I don't know why. I think the guy is as solid I don't as. Know why. I don't know any, why. Any of those 90s image guys have kind of become easy targets. I don't know why. Yeah. I read Torment. I don't know why people would shit on Todd McFarlane. Let it go. Let the <laughs> torment go. It was fun, David. But uh, it is pretty bad, but it's it's fun nonetheless. Uh, and even even Miller falls back on old habits because there, there's one sequence in here where in order to get the jump on Spawn, Batman uses this uh, high-powered gauntlet that he pulled off one of the cyborgs so it's a dark knight returns moment remember when when batman had a suit up to, to fight clark with the kryptonite and it's uh, it's yes. kind of the same thing you know but it's fun it's it's it doesn't aspire to be um the comic equivalent of finnegan's wake it's it's not complex it's not dense it's just the, the two biggest characters of the time and are arguably the two biggest creators just having a good damn time and it was only 395 for a prestige format comic and the cover is legendary remember the cover david where batman yes. and spawn are swinging it's kind of t- uh, uh, it's, it's uh, very an homage to uh, dark knight yeah. return yeah, yeah the two lightning bolts instead of the one on dark knight yeah. returns but what a magnificent cover inside back cover get this how could you not love them in memory of jack kirby 1917 to 1994 jack kirby was the greatest artist in the history of comics this effort is dedicated with respect to the finest talent any of us have ever witnessed by Frank Miller and Todd McFarlane. D- there you go. Say no friggin' more. And this there is you back go. this is back when Miller was uh, rocking the Travis Travis Bickle look with the shaved head and and the camo <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Todd and it looks like it looks like he just came out of uh, Vogue or something or, or GQ, yeah. It's a great comic. And briefly, I know I'm not going to run long, but the greatest crossover tie-in, not crossover, event tie-in, not the greatest, one of the greatest, was written by Mark Wade, mm-hmm. drawn by Frank Quitely. Ooh. Oh. Offspring. It was a uh, The oh, Kingdom awesome. tie-in. The, now, The Kingdom the, came out years after Kingdom Come, didn't it? Well, this is 99 for this this one shot and uh what's kingdom come 96 all right so by years i don't know i don't know 96 95 96 around there i think but um it's amazing that frank quietly's drawing style hasn't really changed all that much in 10 years no yeah no well 10 years 15 right 15 16 years Uh, Uh, with the exception of his backgrounds 
his backgrounds are much more detailed than they used to be. I mean, not not to say that they weren't detailed back then, but now they're just disgustingly detailed. Uh, you look at Flex Metallo and and his his uh, All Star Superman work, and there's a lot of detail going on in there. And it's and it's interesting because he's he's primarily digital now, right? I don't know. I is think he? he is. I, or, or well. Man, that's think, just silly for Frank Quietly to be digital. He could be making bank off those pages. Yeah, I, I don't may, know, man. May, I mean, may, may, maybe it's yeah. digital inks. Then maybe the dude on All Star Superman is digital inking him. Could be. Oh, I don't know. I know but, he sells his pages for a mint. I believe yeah. it because he's freaking great. Yeah, um, he is absolutely. Yeah. Um, you guys remember um, the Kingdom, right? Did you read that um, event? Well, it's a mini <laughs> event, actually. It was only seven books. Mm -hmm. It it ties into the the King Kingdom Come where. Uh, the survivor of the Kansas uh, nuclear incident uh, grows up to loathe Superman uh, and becomes Gog. Right, I was just going to say, that's that whole Gog thing, right? Yeah, that yeah, I agree. And that, he, he uh, jumps into the time stream, stopping on a daily basis to kill Superman. And every time he does so, he creates a time paradox that eventually will erase the present of that Kingdom Come universe did, slash timeline. I think Earth-22, I think they call it did, now. Did, did it eventually tie into JLA, or was it another... Was it was it an annual type event? Where it, tied it was into like a five-week type thing. There was the oh, Kingdom okay. 1 yeah. and 2, and then there was... Uh, let me see how many one-shot tie-ins. There was the Son of the Bat, Nightstar, Kid Flash, uh, Offspring, and there was one more. Um... Krypton, Planet Krypton, right? So, so Frank just did this one issue, or he did? No, he just did the one issue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but Mark Wade wrote all of them, I think. I believe. I think he did. Yeah, uh, it's really cool. It's 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 you don't really need to know anything about Kingdom Come or the Kingdom to enjoy this issue. It's um, Plastic Man's son, Ernie O'Brien, and yes. uh, like. The plastic man of the DC universe proper, Ernie doesn't get all that much respect, especially yeah. from his girlfriend Micheline, who thinks that you know your 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 peers treat you like a joke. Michonne, uh, <laughs> yeah, criminals don't fear you. You know, you got to step up your game. And one of the problems with your game is your father. Your father's always your around. Father. He he never leaves us alone. He's been there forever. And then there, there's a, a really cool page where oh, it shows an AMA. No, it shows a flashback, a bunch of flashbacks of uh, Ernie growing up, and Plastic Man is a trampoline at his fifth birthday party, and he's he's there on prom when when Ernie's pinning the the corsage. He's the corsage, yeah, and the the corsage has little tiny eyes on it, and it says, "Hey, Buster, wash those hands." Uh, he they're when they're they're starting to uh, throw down with the nasty. He's a throw pillow, and he's giving him the old thumbs up. Oh, for, yeah, and it's all oh. quietly. It's beautiful, right? I need, I need this issue. Yeah. Awesome. And you can get it for cheap, but um, and there's a Titans tie-in too. Ooh, yeah. There's a rave in Titans Tower at the beginning of it where um, Ernie tries to get the jump on Scarlet and his gang, and one of them yeah. is the Joker's daughter. Oh yeah, yeah. it's it's not Duela. No, yeah, no, no, right. no, no. It's just she's just known as JD or, or Joker's daughter. There's there's a, a bone of contention, like exactly who, where in the in the the multiverse does this version of Joker's daughter fall? She has a Harlequin costume, and her hair is red on one side, green that on the other. It ties into the wedding. It ties into the wedding of Don and Terry. That's awesome. Does it really? 
Well, because Dick comes up to uh, to her at in in Tales Fifty and and says, you know, it, it, I've 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 done the math, and you're too old to be Joker's daughter. And 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 she just and she keeps she keeps messing with his head, and she says, "Oh, you'll figure it out eventually, dearie." And, and it's just it's one of those which is a throwback to I guess to pre New Teen Titans days, and it's just it's one of those things where I guess it's a nod. It's an Easter egg for the old time readers, but it's just it's another one of those things that I really like about the, the wedding aside that I really like about that issue. Yeah, coolness. One of the the dudes in in Scarlet's gang is uh, a homeboy that goes by the name of Thunder. He's got the hat backwards and the baggy jeans, and it's it's Johnny Thunder from ah. you know from jo- oh, yeah, uh, Justice Society. Jo- Joaquin Thunder. Yeah. 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 Uh, but no, it's, uh, basically it's, um, Ernie trying to redeem uh, his legacy and his father's by catching Scarlet and his gang who are trying to escape, uh, the end of everything, really. They concoct a plan and it involves, um, the Sphinx in Egypt, the whiz wagon and Brainiac's, uh, big, uh, ship. It's, it's a cool issue. And David, you're going to scream because, um, Ernie's gang consists of um, Avia, I think her name is. It's it's um, Big Barda and Mister Miracle's daughter. Oh, okay. um, Zatanna's son named Zatara, obviously, oh. and, and Star Spangled Kid and Stripesy. But during <laughs> wait, the whole wait, thing, wait, wait. No, no, no. It, it, well, time out. Zatara is is her brother. Is, no, her father. Her father, but they named she named her son after no, her no, father. No, no, but. What? No, I'm saying okay. I'm, maybe because there's a she has a younger brother that was a that tried out for the Johns Titans. Oh, oh. Well, this is yeah. This is Kingdom Come. I don't know how it relates to this. Is this is way before the Johns Titans? Yeah, so. no, no. You're you're probably right in the Kingdom Come. Yeah, I do, but I I just know that yeah. It's you're probably right. Oh, but okay. in the in the uh, pre New Fifty Two, she had a brother that was yeah. Oh cool. right, right, right. Yeah. I I remember that, yeah. So during the whole thing, they get pissed off at Zatara because obviously he talks backwards, right? Yep. Um, There's there's one part where they they catch Scarlet uh, and his group um, in the whiz wagon, and uh, Star Spangled Kid says, "You're such a geek," and Zatara says, "Drow," you know, like word. But (laughs) so so you have all this backwards speak. You have backwards speak through the whole issue, but there's one part towards the end. There's one part to the end where um, the the star Brainiac's ship is revealed, and Zatara just says, "Wow!" It's like you're waiting for the backwards. (laughs) It's really cool, and Mark Wade, so you know it's it's damn written well, and uh, it's a touching issue. You needn't to know nothing about the kingdom or or uh, Kingdom Come to read this. And it's Frank Quitely, so you'll find it for a buck. If that, in the, in the bins, you, you need to pick it up if you're you know, a Quitely it's funny, fan. for a guy that I think would be considered not that fast of an artist and a little picky, Quitely has done a lot of stuff. Like he, yeah. he's, he's, he's actually been fairly consistent in terms of his output, even though I think people perceive him to be like a guy that's slow and only does things every now and then. I think of him as a specialist art artist. It's when something comes out, it's it's special, and he kind of picks and chooses. Is how I feel about it. Yeah, but I will you, say one thing: everything he's done, or almost everything, has been fantastic. Yeah. He, I, he picks I good collaborators because I don't think he's must be. Yeah, he's ruined me though, as far as the uh, 
the writing of the projects on which he works goes because as I was reading this, I knew damn well it was written by Mark Wade, but Quite Least Presence has a transformative oh, effect on it. Yeah, it yeah, felt yeah. like a Morrison book. Yeah, yeah. I feel a little yeah. Morrison. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know if that's fair to to a writer of of Wade's caliber. Uh, not that he can control it, but uh, you you have a guy who's commonly associated with Grant Morrison well, on an like older book. Where is what that? was that? You got cut off. Oh no! I just said Wade is like a really nice, fresh, clean, rolling off the runway floor Honda Accord, mm-hmm. whereas like mm-hmm. Morrison's like a Bentley. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I I I do I do like Wade's work. Obviously, I, I do. Honda the most popular car in America. There yeah, we go. It, uh, it is. But this this is a, a you know, the the whole Kingdom Come thing, and the Kingdom was about the legacy characters, the children. Of the heroes, yeah, and and so the he he nailed this one because that's that's the main focus of this. Always make is, Wade like a Mustang or something. It's kind of kind of kind of classic, but updated. Yeah, give him a little muscle, and you can put him in a fucking K car, Jason. Who can go in a K car? <laughs> <laughs> you made Wade into a K car. I mean, that's not very nice. No, I mean, look, Wade is, Wade is, dude, Wade is unbelievably competent. He's wildly popular. He's, like I said, the Honda Accord is the most popular car in America for a reason. It's a Ford Mustang. But then you you lose the, the uh, prevalence of the, of the uh, vehicle. There's, I mean, Mustangs sell well, but they don't sell. Well, again, not to turn this into a Wade thing, but we've talked about it. I I think Wade, Wade has had moments of greatness. He's been unbelievably prolific and consistent. I think that, the baseline of his career, though, has been rock-solid, relatively conventional superhero storytelling mm-hmm. with the occasional bout of of, of exceptional work. Um, I, so I just, I don't, I personally just don't think he and Morrison belong in the same breath, but that's... No, just... no, they're, they're different. They're different kinds of creators. That's... Yeah. Morrison goes big all the time to the point where people can hate him. Yeah, he's kind of like, like a jaguar. It's whenever he's running at peak performance. It's awesome. absolutely yeah. Like he, he ch- goes for shop a lot. Yep, he aspires to greatness every time out, and sometimes it, for at least for a good chunk of people, it doesn't work. I think, uh, yeah. So I just think they're different. It's totally different approaches to the to the career, and I think both have a, an important place in in their in 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 the current pantheon for sure. All in twenty two pages. It's a good issue. Wow, I thought yeah. it was the extra sized. Okay, no, it's a one shot. Two ninety nine. Two ninety two ninety five. Dollar ninety five. Actually, holy crap! It was a dollar ninety nine. It was the okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you said you said all right. Yeah, because of the year. Okay. Good stuff. Nice. And you'll you'll see a fat drunken Lobo at the rave too. <laughs> <laughs> Who also? Anybody, well, uh, not not fat and drunken, but Lobo also appeared in Young Justice. I'm sorry, Jason. Did he really? Yeah. 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 No, awesome. I was just going to ask if anybody was uh was still. Uh, current on uh, on Poppy Capullo and uh, and Scott Snyder's Batman. Uh, I think the last issue I read was nine. The okay. Last one I read was seven. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm 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 getting the the hard. He's, the, he's probably, he's, well, plus. Right. Okay. Yeah. Speaking he's, he's, of Capullo, I got a bone to pick with him. The, oh, okay. I was just going to say that I won't get into the spoiler because there's a pretty major one in issue ten, but uh, but oh. it's interesting. It's, it's getting a lot of heat on the. Uh, 
the webs on the uh, on the the, the internets and and I I think people are spent. I think it was really well done. I, I think Schneider continues to be cream the crop, but that's just he's like, good. He's good. So in researching the Spawn Batman thing, I stumbled upon uh, another Spawn Batman crossover that was scheduled to come out in 2006 called Inner, Inner Demons. It was never published, but mm-hmm. there exists artwork for it, cover images, promotional stuff, right? So I tweeted to Mr. Capullo, who will return tweets to animals, inanimate objects, and crazy yep. people. He, yep. You tweet Greg, Greg Capullo, he will tweet you back. I said, hey, Greg, what's the, what's the, it now. I said, what's the deal with Spawn, Batman, and her demons? How come it never came out, or did it, or what was, you know, what was the problem in the production? Did not return my tweet. No, yeah. He, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a plant and you tweet to him, yep. he'll return it, but I didn't I get know. anything. No, you're not the only Dude, one. Dude, Capullo, I didn't realize what a big weightlifter he is. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Tweet about losing an inch off of his guns because he's been working so much on Batman and how livid he was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We actually know the, the number of inches of your biceps that you, you, you yeah. have to do weightlifting. He's a well-put-together young man. He's not Jack. He's not a young yeah, man, he, but he's, he's well-put-together. Right, yeah. He was also quite open about the fact that he's in negotiations with DC and that they they got to raise their game up a little bit if they want to keep him. See, that's good. That's good. While the fucking sun shines. That's what he was saying. And he was also a little bit hyperbolic because he was like, oh, you know, Scott Snyder's the best thing I've ever, you know, working with him is the best ever. That's why I'm saying DC. And I'm like, come on now. I mean, that's. You work work with Fabian. Come on. That was a happy, plus, that was a happy accident. I mean, he didn't, you know. He's staying for the green. Oh, I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure oh, he's I mean, well compensated. A great combination, but as we know, that wasn't it wasn't like he went to DC to work with Scott Snyder. Right, got put right. Together, and it was a you know they they grew. They, don't want to work on the bat, man. It's like an arranged marriage. They I don't think that it was a match made in heaven at first. But they grew to love each other. It's like Claremont Burn all over again. Oh, <laughs> I don't think they ever grew to love each other, David. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. So, David, yeah. Did you watch Falling Skies? I am in the middle or suck. I'm no no no. I watched suck. I watched the first episode, or I'm sorry, the first hour of the uh-huh. air quotes two hour premiere. Uh I, I'm I'm up to the part where um where uh, Tom is on the operating table in the second episode. Okay. Where Jay, he had a little, where, where he had I did something. not watch Okay. You've not watched so, any of it? No, I I tried to get my wife to she watches it with me to watch it last night, but she uh she didn't want to commit to uh, the two hours last night, so we I can't do it. Yeah, you just just watch out for your eye. They they did the they did the first th- the the same thing that they did last year, which was the premiere, which so it was the two hour premiere. Yeah, it was right. they just ran the first two episodes. Yeah, and, I know, and like, they, and they do that so they can you know when it's in syndication, it'll still be you know. Yeah. One hour episode. I just I I'm not a fan of the whole marketing thing where it's a two hour premiere. It's like no, it, it's just you're just doing two episodes back to back. But but it's it's still. I mean you 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 were right when you said in the notes. It still has. It's the same vibe. It's the same feel. I was without without spoiling anything for Jason. I wasn't sure when when we last saw Tom when he was walking into the ship. Mm-hmm. I was I I I was interested to see when the second season starts. Are we going to, are we going to pick up right from there, and were we going to be without Noah Wiley, or were we going to come into it months later, or you know, 
are we going to very interesting it, and and the way they, they did that the way they the way they did put the first episode together i was very impressed because they were able to do they were able to do two things at once they were able to bring you up to speed and they it it time has passed but the way the way they piece everything together i i thought it was it was very well done okay they um uh, I watched the. Uh, I did uh, watch the. Oh, sorry. Oh, did you watch the after show? No, oh, the, I was going to say I did watch the last uh, Sherlock Holmes. Oh, Ooh. well, the, the 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 after show for Falling Skies, real quick, and then we can move on to is that. that on, is that only um, online, or is it actually on TNT? It's online. It's at okay. FallingSkies.com or .net or whatever. You can find it through um, TNT. Will uh, it? Yeah, with Will. Will, Will. Will Wheaton, um, and yeah, it was actually pretty cool. But they talked about the whole time jump. They did a, a little time jump. I mean, we talked about the uh, uh, Teen Titans or Young Justice that did five years later, and you know, BSG did the the famous one year later. Well, Falling Skies does a three months later, and they they said one of the reasons that they did that is because the gal who's the nurse, I, I guess her name is Maxim. Her real fake name oh, okay. is Max, and then Ben, the uh, the middle son, the middle child. Yeah, um, they in between seasons they you know, kind of hit in puberty and and growing up. So uh, they, they, so they needed to to kind of space things out in the story for these you know to you know make it seem like these kids actually had time to grow up because they're they're growing up they they look like young adults now uh, but no it was it was real i falling skies is my summer popcorn replacement for game of thrones it's the same time and i don't enjoy it as much as game, as game of thrones but i i still block the a very little appointment television in my life right. but but falling skies is something that i reserve that that block of time for and uh uh i i dig it man it reminds me you know we talked to the nostalgia points of of like Judas Contract and I think Vince had had, had mentioned um, uh, God what was the TV show that you mentioned earlier Tales from the Dark Side Tales from the Dark Side oh, you, yeah. th- that that whole time zone is filled with nostalgia for me and Falling Skies reminds me of how I felt about V at that yes. Time. Yes, that's a good point. You know that I started watching Falling Skies for that very reason, hoping because the the V remake did not recapture my no, love for me. No, it did not. And I was hoping Falling Skies might. And and I don't. I wouldn't say I loved the first season. Like I didn't. To me, it wasn't like oh my god, I can't wait for the next episode. But I enjoyed it enough that I yeah. I'm genuinely looking forward to this season. Like I yeah. I thought it was a good show, but it wasn't something like you you compared it I, to me. Like Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad, like those shows, I'm like I I cannot wait for the next episode. Whereas, yeah. uh, you know, Falling Skies, they still they, there was enough there that 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 made me happy, but there were there were there were parts of it that I was just sort of like, eh, you know, there, there were parts. It's, it's not oh shit, but it's really exactly good. yeah. There yeah, were parts. It is. Like, it is very good. Yeah. There were parts during the first season where I could also be reading a comic while the show's on. Whereas there are some scenes where yes. I had to have my undivided attention, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's true. 
But uh, so our, our our boy our boy Sherlock, huh? What do you think, David? Did, what, do you, what, uh, what do I think? I <sighs> Renee's she because of how, because of because of how the first season ended. She she's a little ticked off with you know why do you have to do things like that and and she she wants the follow up episode like right away and it it um it it was just like the first season uh the third episode definitely made you kind of forget the second episode uh exactly <laughs> right the, the, the well, second boy, episode boy, they, boy have they fallen into a pattern. It's the whole, it's the original series yeah. movies. It's like every other one is 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 the one you want to yeah. is the one you want to pay attention to. Um, it some of it I think is is it safe to say was predictable? Like like you just you just I, I was I was surprised at some of the characters' actions in the third episode, but um, there was one thing, especially when. Uh, Sherlock went to Molly and said he needed her help. Oh, that was that was awesome. That was, that was awesome. a good that was a good moment. That, and and but but you if you were paying attention, you knew where it was going. Oh and, yeah. And, yeah and, sure. and it's not like and it's not like, you know, you were you haha, I got one over on them or you couldn't fool me, but it, it just it worked. It, there wasn't there was no um Nobody was trying to pull the wool over your eyes with that particular scene, but but on the rooftop there were things that happened where I I literally was like, holy shit! I I was not expecting. Yeah, I can't figure out. I mean, that's the one thing that I think. I'm a. I mean, I guess we'll we'll eventually. Well, we may never know, but I I I. I the way it was portrayed, I just don't see how what happened happened. Like I don't. Like that, it can't be sleight of hand. It can't be uh, misdirection. I mean, I, I, th- I, I don't think, know. I, th- I think I think they will they will write themselves out of this painted corner pretty well. Which yeah, they cover- like what he 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 somehow knew just perfectly how to land, and then he had like a blood packet in his. I don't know. I don't know. But it will be it will be brilliant. I'm <laughs> it's yeah the the, the yeah, fall they're both blown up in the movies this this coming fall so that's true uh the um yeah the fall i think i don't it's it's not they're not going to do a misery where you know you never get out of the cock duty car it's going to be one of those things where you just you have the fall kind of does throw me because i know while we were watching it renee was like What's up with the biker behind John? Watch out for that bicyclist. And then, and then John gets knocked down, and then he runs to to, to the scene, and or he wobbles to the scene, and and realizes that you know what happened actually happened, or what he thinks actually happened. But how did? Yeah, you're right. You're right, Jason. How did we get from the top of the roof to the sidewalk? How are they going to? I right, right. It's, and they better yeah. not do anything with Moriarty. They better not try and say that that was Fugazi too, because that would make no sense. <laughs> it wouldn't. It would, and I and that completely can't fake that. that completely took me by surprise. I was not, and and but it it made sense for the character for the story. But I I'm I'm pissed. I really am pissed because that dude played Moriarty. He, that was awesome. I loved that character. He was fantastic in that, I thought. 
Uh, he was great. Um, yeah, I will say, you know, I really – this season to me and the whole fell well short of the first season. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with you. I absolutely uh, agree. I do agree with you there that the third – like the, the last episode went out with a, like the highest note. I, I will say, too, that, you know, again, because these are basically modern reimaginings of classic home stories, I, I – I was excited with the way they interpreted this story because, you know, it wasn't a literal, you know, falls. It wasn't, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't a, like it weren't at some waterfall. You know, like I appreciated that they, they just kind of took that concept and, and, and kept it within the city, which is where most of, you know, so I appreciated right. that. It's much more, I, for some reason, this reimagining worked a lot better for me than the battles uh, in the episode before, which I just thought was like, and again, maybe it's my own experiences. To me, How the Basketball was the first Sherlock Holmes story I ever read. I read it as a kid. It got me interested in in the in the character, and and so I I thought like the that episode completely lost the charm of what made How the Baskervilles a great mystery. Um, whereas this, you know, I don't know, you know, I guess the the, the thing I really had issue with this second season is that it's it wasn't really about mysteries. Like he, he didn't really solve anything. No, you're like, right. It was you're right. CSI. Like it was, he kind of just kept like trugging along and then like shit fell into place. Or, he was a celebrity. Then, yeah. You know, whereas like, well, I, what's we, like the great thing about Holmes is that yeah. he solved crazy cases in ways that no one else could. Mm-hmm. And that, the, well, that was the last episode is that his fame had started to get in the way of him being a detective. So he, has to take that away, and that's I mean that's that goes back to the to the the Conan Doyle stuff is that he had to get away from this like you know this mm-hmm. reputation because he couldn't do his job anymore because his fame was getting mm-hmm. in the way. So the, I also the more, find the, more... the, the whole gay undertone thing a little a little annoying in the sense that like I'm sorry like it's modern times like I, I the idea yeah. of two guys like. It's, and all of a sudden they have to be gay. Like that doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Because again, it wasn't even they, just, they were roommates back back in the eighteen hundreds and they weren't gay. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it was like I just don't like and I get like it's probably just as much about like comic relief and just to make Watson annoyed sure. and stuff. Like I get that, but but it it's just it seems like every time they're they play up the media angle, somebody each episode makes some remark about they must be lovers. And I'm thinking, really like that? I mean that's just I don't know, it just I could have seen them making a joke about it once and you say, oh, ha-ha, that's probably some... But but it just seems like that wouldn't be a recurrent undertone to me. Um, I, I agree with you there. Again, that, that's, nitpicky. I, that's nitpicky, but, you know. The, uh... I, to... I mean, the more I think about it, the more I, um... I find I have a problem with the relationship between... Sherlock and, and Mycroft, like like wh- really so really? so so just because just because it it um, I guess I guess it really is all about country for Mycroft because he got, he let it get to the point where Sherlock was in that much trouble and and that I I don't see my brother too often. I don't talk to him every day, but I mean, the fact that, I mean, and, and, and maybe it's the an American the thing. It's the just, the few. No, but it's, 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 it's your family. It's your blood. And, and, and he's a, maybe he's, he's a patriot and it's the, he is. the many I, and the, but, the few, but, but you let this sociopath go for, it's just, it's, mm-hmm. um, it, 
I'm sure when we get the Blu-ray and and we rewatch it, it's it you know thing. I'll pay more attention to it. I'll know what to look for. Little things like that. I there were just yeah. It the the focus in the first season was the mystery. Seeing how and and even Renee mentioned this when when we saw the first episode of the second season. It was great, like like a study in pink. Watching him figure out, you know, that that woman's body and and how you know she she constantly takes the 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 wedding ring is is cleaner on the inside than it is on the outside because she constantly takes it off and the mm-hmm. bag and, and the luggage and and her hair and and how much dirt is on her heels because it was raining and and how we had to figure everything out that that really was missing in the second season. You didn't you didn't see him really think things through and and the. Just the whole the formula changed a little bit, and and maybe the third season will kind of take us in a different direction of of how things are are done. But it was it it definitely had a different feel. I don't think the first season, those first three episodes, I think you could give to anybody and say, watch this, it's a great show. And if you only got those three, the third season cliffhanger would probably piss you off because you'd want to know what happens. But up until that point when they get to the pool it's pretty self-contained and then whereas this season you you, you kind of need the first season to know what was going on a little bit um it mm-hmm. it's it wasn't it it wasn't bad i mean it's it's better than than a lot of shows out there today yeah i mean it's still way better than doctor who like, <laughs> hey. oh, oh man damn <laughs> i'm just trying to but, get vincent you know, back we, we don't have conversation. Any- we, you know, we don't have to be mean. <laughs> but I think no, Vince disconnected. He did. No, He's I'm here. Sherlock, BBC. Um, it was. Uh, no, I, I, I'm, I'm glad you finally got to see it. I just, um, I, I think, I think we're of like minds on a lot of things with it. Yeah, yeah, and and it's well acted, and and again, like it, it's it sounds like I'm compl- I'm like hate being a haterator. I I mean, I definitely enjoyed the third episode a lot, and, and I, I look forward to seeing the next season if there is one. I I, I just uh, I guess I just the first season was like such a un- like a, yes. a nice surprise, when, and it was when, you, so... when you hit such high highs, right, right. right. The, the, I mean, the bar yeah. gets gets raised, and but, and but hey, maybe the uh, the Lucy Liu American remake this year, this uh, summer, this <laughs> fall will be just. I give that need. I give that thing four episodes. With oh the, God, it's yeah, rough. The former Angelina Jolie, yeah, that's uh, that's four, four episodes before it's canned. What what are they calling it? Elementary. Elementary. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah boo. In San Francisco, because we we can elementary, never... my dear Balzac. Stop remaking British TV shows. <laughs> You're not as good at it. No, seriously, because there've never been any American detectives or anything. It's, they they've got The Office, and that's pretty and they, that, much that, that overstated its welcome. Age. Well, no, it yeah. was whenever they stopped trying to do the British Office that it actually got well. The only decent. They, they really only did. They really only remade. The pilot of the American Office was the first episode of of yeah. the the British right. Office. After that, they kind of went in their own direction. But it's still there. There were things that they it it it's 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 American television, and it's all about ratings and ads, and and they can still keep trying to make money off it. So they're going right. to keep doing it instead of just going out when it made sense. And that's that that's why I I do like a lot of you know the, the original Office. 
six episodes one season, or sorry, series, and then another six, and then the Christmas special, and that's it. They're not going back to it. They're done. They told their story. They move on to the next thing, and and it's yeah. it pisses me off that you know you have you all right, falling skies is what like seven or thirteen episodes, and whereas that's great. It here it is for the summer. You got this, and then you know come back next year, or you have like. 22 episodes of CSI or Blue Buds or anything else. And it's like, I'm, wa- I'm watching Friends season four right now. You know what? 22 episodes is too fucking it's many. It's too damn long. Yeah, absolutely. It really, it's like you just, you do, it's, it's, it's quantity over quality with us. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. Yeah. give me, give me, give me 10 really tight episodes or, you know, Sherlock, you know, to bring it back to, to that. Three episodes Down is too few. You know, Down would, Yeah. Seriously, yeah. it's, like, it's like seven, eight, ten episodes, maybe. Yeah, or, or you, know, wanna, uh, breaking, you know, Breaking Bad or Mad. Like, that, yeah. you would say the networks would have taken a lesson from the fact that they're getting all the best shows are not on network anymore. You think they they learn from that? That the idea of yeah. doing an eight to ten episode run that's just real tight and there's no clunkers. And know? then what? And then you have, and then at Christmas you have a new season of a new show. It's like why right. don't? Why do they have to? Yeah, why do we need so many episodes of? Because it's always been that way. I know. Why? why I know. Why do why do comics have to come out every month? <laughs> Be twenty two pages. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any idea. Twenty twenty pages now, David. <laughs> I'm sorry. There, I'm sorry. there are no twenty two pages. I'm still reading, reading Judas contract. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, so yeah, you know, it's the same thing. It's like you know, you get into a mode of this is how things are produced, and you know what? Sometimes a graphic novel is the better way to go than a serialized comic and sometimes a serialized comic is a better way to go than than collecting things together and you know it's doing one shots instead of arcs and yeah you know i i think it all comes down to to one basic thing and that is what is the best way to tell your story yeah i had some thoughts about that this weekend did you yeah yeah because i i i was re i'm re i'm making my way through air that Vertigo series. Oh that, yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I talked about the first trade. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and I think it's the poster child for the dangers of of serial storytelling because I've made it to issue like twelve or thirteen so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first couple issues give absolutely no indication of of the, the this grand tapestry that G. Willow Wilson was weaving, right? Right. right. And so, I mean, with the arrival of you, I don't want to spoil it for people, with the arrival of you you know who, that story just opens up. There's so many possibilities and she's making this world. But you read issues one and two and it's about like Blythe and, and, and the, uh, the, the organization. There's no indication where that damn thing is going. And I was thinking to myself, man, if they did, Longer graphic now, graphic right. novel styles, you know, books for that. That we'd still be reading, uh, air today. I think it's it's a great story. Well, I was but say you're totally right because I talked. Yeah, I discussed the first trade when it came out because um, I bought it in trade, and and the 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 the, per, the the arrival of the person you're referring to arrives at the end of the first trade. So right. as a trade, it works perfectly because that's the climax, and it rips you, pulls you once you you're, it, it sets you up to be dying to see what happens next. But you know that was six issues. You know, so so if so so would this have been would this have worked better if it wasn't published by Vertigo or it had to come out every month? But maybe say Fantagraphics or another comp another publisher that would do things like Love and Rockets, where you'd have a graphic novel once a year or once every eight months or so. No, I think it, it it's a it's the perfect Vertigo book. It's just that 
um, they I think they should have really broke with tradition and and published it uh, akin to Love and Rockets in big chunky single editions, you know, because it, I was reading the text pieces and uh, Wilson says a number of times how fast M.K. Perker was at drawing. So if the guy's that fast, let him get six issues in the can and release it in, uh, as one shot, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it just, mm-hmm. And that's the problem. I, I bought every issue as it came out, but I petered out after issue like two. And and just kept yeah. just just kept buying it because I figured well I'll eventually get to it right I'm getting to it now it's like damn I should have never slept on this because uh, I I would I would be champion championing the series back then it's it, it's a really dense involved tale with a it lot is. of different yeah, I possibilities I, I bought it in, in uh, trade the whole I got the whole thing and and it was good it really was I mean I I wasn't I went in though probably because. The numbers were pretty abysmal from the start. Like going into thinking, all right, well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I, I assumed that I wasn't gonna get like G. Willowson's entire vision for the concept. You know, I assumed it, I was just gonna get what what we got. You know, and, and then that would be it. Like whatever, whatever she was able to put out was what we would get. Yeah, that, lasted you know. 24 issues. Unfor- yeah. 24 or 25. Uh, unfortunately, I, I could see her continuing this in novel form because the story's perfect. For, for that uh, kind of format. Just a, a big, huge chunk of storytelling in one shot. Uh, yeah, it just makes you wish that they did things differently. Sequentials, there, there's a lot of dangers in, in releasing these great, things. Dude. Right, right. Get mm. it get it out on the Kickstarter. I, I'm, yeah. I don't know how Vertigo, their, their contracts work, but I'm hoping Will, Wilson still owns this thing. It would be nice to see further adventures. It really would. Mm-hmm. I'm not even done yet. I'm, I'm not even halfway through. And it's great. Uh, it's good. I, I, I'd be interested to see what you think of how it wraps up because I, I felt like it didn't get to wrap up. I, I assume that she would would have otherwise wanted to wrap it up. But yeah, I'll, I'll I had problems with the art. I didn't feel like the, the I like the art in some places, but I didn't feel like the artist was. I would agree. With you. I, I didn't think Perker's art was. I I didn't think that they were using the medium to its fullest. I mean, whenever I you're when, you whenever you're um, changing times and places and and realities use the art to convey yeah, that yeah and when colors you don't, panel yeah. borders use yeah, yeah. You have, it's a visual medium there are plenty of ways you can yeah, yeah. ding 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 you can yeah you can tell people that every it, every every different setting if something is completely different from a setting time dimension whatever yeah. Uh, it should look different. It should it should be yeah. colored differently. The borders, the the the, the yeah. gutters Whatever. between panels should be wider. Oh. Yeah, there there's so many ways. That's one of the things I, I, I to go back to Green River Killer. Uh, whenever they shifted times for you know from the from the eighties to the two thousands, they did like different panel borders and they made it very. You didn't have to have the caption that said the date. To know what time zone it was, so it's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's comic book. Do that shit. If yeah. you're not, then you know let's go back to comic book in school. Joe Kubert's got a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris, you tell him. <laughs> Preach. Preach. <laughs> so there you go. So there you go. Exhale. Vince, what was up Let's... with that sigh, dude? Seriously. No, I, I don't. I don't see the any kind of failings in Perker's work, but that's just. Oh. Well, yeah, I, I I think it's it was 
awesome that there wasn't it's pretty. Any, any kind of um, delineation between it like in the, in, in the beginning when when they they finally get to what was the name of the country Naramar or wherever that the the unknown country that didn't exist on any map and then they thought it into existence i i was glad that there wasn't any change in in the uh the drawing style or the the I'm borders talking about the, the of, rapid the rapid time shifts in there well i there's hasn't been too much of that so far well, Just in the beginning, when, in the beginning, there are some 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 pretty pretty massive time shifts that take place, right? And she's got a bruise in the in one set of of time, and she doesn't in the other. Okay, and that's the only thing that tells you that 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 is that you've shifted, you know, times that you're at a you know a different point in the story. You have to. You know, it's yeah, been I'm a just while. wondering how they would. It's okay. It's been a while since I read the story. I remember, and I may not be the most observant person, so take that into account. But I remember being really lost reading that mm. from a visual standpoint. And it's a comic that it's it's a comic. It's 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 supposed to be a visual storytelling medium. Whenever I can't tell when I am from the art, and it's yeah, it was. But I as should, a designer, should, right? How I would you solve that I problem? Should, I shouldn't have change the 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 color scheme, change the panel borders, change the any any number of things. You know, draw in a slightly different style. Whatever. There's there's a million different ways that you can that you can show that it's that it's a, a a different time. You know, change the wardrobe. Whatever. I all I remember, and I I would have to go back and look at it. All I remember is being confused and not being able to follow the story as easily as I can. And I'm all for being challenged in comics, but making something intentionally difficult to follow, I just think of it as bad storytelling. As opposed to making someone work, and it wasn't a failure as a comic. That was just my biggest nitpick: is that the artist didn't use the medium to its fullest potential to tell the story in as in as um, as well as they could have. And that's that's something well, I, was, I don't that, remember. Yeah, go go ahead. No, I was going to say I don't remember uh, having like strong feelings that way, but I, I would say as I think back on the series now, because it's been a long time since I even thought about it, since yeah. you brought this up. But I, I do remember thinking that the concept and, 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 and the world building was more memorable to me than the art. I don't remember the art as being something that made me want to continue to come back. I mean, I don't, I don't remember disliking it either. I just, I just yeah. don't remember. And when, that's, and when that's 50% of what you're you know investing in that, that's kind of a big deal once again actual art not bad the storytelling aspect of it i and i i i'll i'll take you know vince's um re-recommendation and go back and and try and try and read it. but i think at the time i was kind of hypersensitive to it because i think it was um a point in time for me where I felt like a lot of artists were were being very lazy and and not using the medium for what it 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 can do, and a lot of people just you know weighing down grids and and following scripts and very little uh, imaginative storytelling 
going on. And this is one that I was just like, see, that's what I'm talking about. And, you know, yeah. we're going to be all cranky well, I'm, about I'm it, not so. saying it's a tour de force. but No, 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 no. But um, I mean, I, I think the guy definitely has a uniqueness to him. I mean, you even look at the covers. Some of those covers are brilliant. But the cover is not the story. I, I realize that. Um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm glad I'm revisiting it because I, I gave it short shrift first time around. Big dumbass well, that I am. I and, probably uh, I'm, I'm digging it. Do that I, I, how often do we have issues like that that we never get back around to reading? Right. Yeah. Like it's, dude, yeah, I petered out in House of. I have like the whole run of House of Mystery. I maybe read five of them. Dude, that's how. That's why I keep I trying got, to do these Regina catch-ups. I, yep. I have like, dude. I must have. 20 issues at least of the boys that I haven't read that I keep buying and I must have close to the, of the unwritten. I keep buying them and I haven't read either in like a yeah. year and a half. I have no yeah. idea if they're still even good. I got, I got a call I got a call from uh, from Windorf uh, a couple months back and he's just like I know that you were poo-pooing the boys and it kind of felt like the, the joke ran out after about you know six or eight issues it's like go back read it hang in there because the whole work together is pretty awesome. I'm like, ah, all right, I'll give it a try. So, and it's ending soon, right? There's like what three or four yeah. more issues yeah, left. Yeah, it's good. So, yeah. yep. There you go. By the way, uh, that just reminded me. I don't know why, because you, know, you said Windorf, and it made me think of Dave, which made me think humongous congratulations to our friend Dave Wachter, who is nominated for a Russ Man. Yes, Russ Man. Yes, uh, that's a newcomer. Really impressive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, you know, these yeah, are always. Gun. I mean, these dudes. Uh, Best new band, and they've been touring for 15 years. But no, I mean, Dave Wachter is hardly a newcomer to the industry. Certainly, you know, his first big, you know, big five publishing work this year, maybe at least in terms of of, of more renowned attention. Either way, being nominated for a Russ Manning Award is a huge deal. So, congrats to him. Yeah, big ups to Dave. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, let's crackle see if I can... time. It is. Yeah, so crackle time again, bro. We've been on so long, you got a double crackle. Crack a leg. Crack a leg. He sounds those alien. Uh, do I? I said, how about those alien movies, huh? Uh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, I have. It, it's it's uh, uh, Prometheus went to the uh, to the wait for it. Uh, oh, oh, oh damn! You know what? I'm you know I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to it. with each commercial I see for it. I am really looking forward to the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, sure. I am. I am in. I I'm going into that one. I'll definitely see for it. Emma Stone. I have, I have, no, I love Emma Stone. I have no I expectations of the movie though. It, it could be great. It could suck. I have no idea. I, but I'm not. I just think it to be anything. So I think I'll enjoy it. I just, I kind of want to see it in the theater. I don't, you know, I mean, may, maybe it's because of the Avengers. Maybe it's just because I, I think that, and I, I'm, I'm probably one of the few who liked all three. But I, I enjoyed the Raimi trilogy. But this is just this, you know. I, I could, you know, I don't need the whole backstory with with his parents, and and you know, I just, I, I like. I seem to be intrigued by. Garfield's version of Peter Parker of of this Spider-Man of especially that whole the, the scene they keep the, that they're going to end up killing for when it's actually in in movie when you see it with the whole scene with the carjacker. I kind of hope that that's not in the movie now just because it's in every commercial. But it's, you know, his he he's joking and and he's just just the way he looks and and 
you know, and and they have the lizard as the bad guy, which is is kind of I don't I don't know if I'd say ballsy, but I mean that's not that's not the first Spider-Man bad guy I think of, and and you kind of have to have some pretty good special effects to use him in in a movie like this, and and I mean judging by the commercials, it, it looks like you know they're not cheaping out on that aspect, but it just you know. The, Captain Stacy and then Gwen and it's just I I I like this. I I it's I feel good about it, I'll say. It's just it it really does make me want to see it, you know, when it comes out, which is unusual for a movie for me. I mean I, I saw we actually that was one of our first dates with, with a few people from work is Renee and I saw the the first Toby Maguire Spider Man in the theater and you know and the next two we didn't, and then you know I don't think we went to the movies again until either the 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 first Lord of the Love Rings Love It First Web or or <laughs> there they were, yeah because you know Spidey's her favorite character, so uh, that had to be Love if she's gonna go see a movie about that. But the um, it's it's just it, it is uh, it's, it's uh, yeah I just I I don't know why and and you're right I mean the movie could suck I could you know I should go in. Ex- Hoping for the best, expecting the worst, but it it just the more I see of it, I'm like I I want to see this when it comes out. My kids cannot get enough of that scene with the with the carjacker. What is it a carjacker? Oh, I don't know. If that's what you're talking about. Well, but I'm talking about the word that he's like. Oh, I'm really scared of. That's what really scares oh, me. Vibes. Yes. Yeah. That's the scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The kid. The, my my son's keeping like that. That scene's hilarious. And I'm like, ah, I'm glad you think so. So. <laughs> Smart boys. I'll be satisfied with your reports. Excellent. Good man. Wow. Oh, you're such a naysayer. He, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm, you're in the middle of the What did you say, Jason? Vince Haterade Bonvolia. Yeah. I said your, your middle name is going to be Haterade from that one. Nothing about that movie intrigues me at all in the slightest. I, I, really? No. Nah, you don't want to throw I, one up in Emma Stone? <laughs> I'm not going to pay 11 bucks to, wow. to think about Emma Stone. <laughs> Uh, no, nah, the, the design for the lizards weak. The the, the whole I, just the visuals. I don't I don't like them at all. I, it's I'll save oh. my money. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I, I, it, go to go to Batman instead. Hell yeah. 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 Damn right. Well, you know, I I, I expect because we have the other two to, to go from this to be awesome, but I'm not feeling Bane at all. I like know. at all. But it's, like he's, he just looks like. He looks like he looks like Big Van Vader after Nutrisystem. <laughs> like I don't like. It's like I don't know. He's quite erudite too. He's he's like John Houseman and with a face mask. Well, on. That's, okay. <laughs> that's how. Um, that's funny. But that's how Gail Simone did him. So I kind of don't mind that. But it's the look though. Like it's he just doesn't look imposing at he all. He looks like the leader of the mutants from the, uh, Dark Knight Returns. What is what is goatee mask? Yeah, it's it's an odd look. We'll it see. is. We'll see. Christopher Nolan has not done wrong. By me, so true. I, Even insomnia like, was okay. That was like yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, speaking of insomnia, and I'm going to come back wow. to, it, to to Green to, to Green River Pillar. Uh, uh, Rob, was in it? No, Robin Williams tie-in. Uh, if you remember, photo. one hour photo. Yes, I just said it. Yes, yes. <laughs> one hour photo. Dude, wasn't the, the wasn't the uh, handler from Alias in one hour photo? Oh shit! Who was the handler? I didn't. I didn't see. Uh, I didn't see every season of Alias. I saw a few episodes. Well, he. 
You are cutting out something stuff. fierce this week. Mm-hmm. Me or Jason? Jason. Jason. Well, where I was going is if huh? you liked one hour photo, you will probably like the Green River Killer because that's kind of the the tone of it is a very deliberate and odd look inside the the mind of a serial killer, and that's one of my favorite. Oh yeah, Michael Vartan. Yeah, Michael Vartan wasn't one hour photo. I'm right. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, okay. And how long? I I just got uh, I got a new my new DSLR. How long until the concept of a photo booth or a one-hour photo mart um, is completely gone from? Popular I still photo. see. I still see the little islands where photo mats really? used to be in some of the strip malls I've yeah, been yeah. to. Yeah, it used to be. Yeah, the hut. The hut may be gone, but that little section in the parking lot that hasn't been, you know, landscaped or, or bulldozed, that's still <laughs> there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like you know, right there with with payphones that gas stations. Yeah. You know, it's the the whole idea of dropping your film off to get processed. Crazy. Mm-hmm. It well, it's funny you bring that up because I thought the uh, Dial H for Hero was oh. it was it was weird seeing him running into a phone booth because it's like well, right, it well. was it was see it was weird seeing a guy with that body type running. Period. <laughs> True. I didn't mind that though because that's kind of interesting. I know. You don't see I know. It. But but going into a phone booth, I was like, all right. Well, that's not going to be too often. He's going to have an opportunity to do that. <laughs> yeah. God, I can't remember the last time I saw a phone booth. I have some in my building, actually. And, uh, well, yeah, yeah, there's this. I mean, I've seen pay phones, but not a phone booth. Yeah, well, this isn't, I mean, yeah, it's not It's it's not a standalone phone booth. It's It's. It's got the little stool inside built in like a shelf, and you close the little two-bifold two, uh, glass door. Um. But it's built into the wall. It's not a standalone phone. Actually, I was actually at a bar that had a phone booth with no phone in it, but it's a place to go if you need to make a call on your cell that's phone cool. to that's... get away from the noise. Yep. I dig it. I miss yeah. the, fo- the phone booths. Yeah. yeah. I do. So does Superman. No, yeah. I, I mean, you, you, it was a nice little, almost a um, voyeuristic kind of view into yeah. <laughs> the lives of everybody who decided to write on that wall. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't get that when when you're on your isolated with a damn cell phone. I hate cell phones. I cannot stand the damn things. And uh, this I I tweeted today as life was better before the internet. And I think I I'm, I really believe that to be true. Yeah, the, the, in a lot of ways. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Well, I think human isolation is actually just for an article in the Atlantic about this very concept about how. Uh, people are lonelier than ever in the world of of social media because right. you, you, you yeah. can't if like on, on one level you're like oh I have so many friends where I stay in such better contact with people but you're you're people are losing rapidly losing that the the actual physical and tactile like interaction with people yep like getting together to see them or or you know to to speak to them like hear their voice and and actually like it's just it's everything's curated now you know like yeah, you're you're, yeah. you're 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 yes you're staying in closer contact with a large number of people but it's all curated it's all what well, they want you to see and it's, but it's yeah not, i mean i mean you think where we are partly responsible for that i mean oh, it's like sure. the, 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 well the I'm four thing guilty of it i i, I mean yeah. yeah, I mean the four of us get together every week, and that's something I look forward to yes. is, is talking with three of, of my best friends. Yeah. I mean, but there's, talking. yeah, but I mean there's there's an entire community of people that 
that get together because of this show that only know each other in a virtual reality. And it's that's just, really, really weird. But I do hate, yeah. I mean, all seriousness, like I hate Facebook and stuff. I mean, one of my best friend's birthdays was today. And, uh, you know, I called him and wished him a happy birthday. And he was like shocked that I called him. I believe it. These days, everybody just goes into Facebook, right? And says, yeah. Happy and, and to me, and again, maybe when I had my birthday, I, I, it's, it gets back to like that Seinfeld episode when you, you know, they're talking about like the etiquette of like, you know, calling someone on a cell phone and, 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 and putting them on hold. And so it's like someone wished me a happy birthday on Facebook. Like it doesn't feel the same to me because no. uh, it's like an e card. It's yeah. right. It's so yeah. easy. Number one, your friends. Well, I'm I'm too many people on Facebook that I don't really care about, and so I get all these happy birthday messages from these people who I'm thinking like they don't really care. It's my birthday, and I don't really care that they care. And then it's mixed <laughs> in with people you want to hear from, and then they feel like, oh, I'm just going to say happy birthday on Facebook, and it's like it's kind of lost in the noise. And and yep. again, I'm sure mileage may vary, but it like it's just it's, it's to the point now where like the idea of sending someone a card or calling them or actually like. You know, speaking to them on the birthday is almost unheard of to the point where it seems like really special, and that's sad. Like I, I don't know. Like it's, I don't know. It just yeah. shouldn't be. I, I think the speed uh, at which the information is—that's uh, exactly what I was going to say—is is disseminated is a major, major drawback. Everything be- that we have to know right now, everything has to be plugged in. Like how I mean, I'm, how I'm, has the internet? And I sound like an old fart, and I don't care because I am. How has the internet ruined in? entertainment for you there, there are so many ways that yep. uh, our our enjoyment of things are impacted because you can pop online and know immediately anything about any show you want to you want to yep. know about it, the people that step on your toes and tell you whether you want to know or not uh this even with comics let's keep it on home base because that's what we're here for uh, I I really don't want to know what's coming up in my favorite comics yet. No. Every day, Newsarama, Bleeding yep. Cool, they have previews of books like the 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 uh, glimpses into the shipping things for like two months, three months down the line. Yep. I don't yep. want to friggin' know. I don't. Dude, that's we've been. I mean, I, previews. Amazing heroes. Capital, I bought Capital that City. damn dude. I that's I, I posted something on Fanzine Fastbot just because you know I just I. Amazing Heroes could never come back now, but back then you got yeah. the news flash. You got the this is what's shipping in two weeks. Yeah, but it's uh-huh. it was still. But now you. But have, the, I'm talking about the preview special, that big thick no, ass thing for the next year. Yeah, I mean, where you would like, get get a, a, a kind yeah. of an overview who's going to be working maybe on a book, what they're going to be doing, okay. and you you looked for that once a year, and that was right. more than enough. And now you have, but because you had, you had. Heroes World, you had Capital City, and you had Diamond, and you had you had them it, three three catalogs for the retailers, for the people ordering the comics. Then all of a sudden, it becomes a consumer magazine catalog, and everybody now knows what's coming out in three months. Yeah. And it 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 just it I do think that it 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 definitely was it it did more harm than it helped. Well, yeah. I, I think there's a, I think it's like dissonance driven extremism. Because there's so much information now out there mm-hmm. for everything, and and again, I mean, you could argue it's good in the sense that it's much easier for people to connect or to find access to things that they're interested in, you know, in a way very difficult to do in the past. So that's good, but it comes with a real cost, which is that you know, you, everything that we're doing now, it like you said, it happens so immediately. Mm-hmm. And it, and in order to feel significant, 
people have to react to it in such an extreme way. Yeah, there's no like time to enjoy it, has though. To either the greatest ever or the worst ever, and it has to be right after you experience it because yep. you know that within ten minutes from then it's going to cease to be as important, and a week later it's going to be almost completely forgotten about. Yeah. So you have to overreact to it, like oh, I hated it, oh I loved it, and 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 it's one thing like to do that as a person, but the construct of like the media is now born into that, right? Like. CNBC and the news and 24-hour news cycle. Right, everything has to be this significant thing that ever happened. Like, oh my God, and and it's... it's it's only because they're vying for your attention, though. There's a human tendency to get numb to things. Like, it's Pavlovian. So, so if... if No, but what I'm saying is, but as a consumer of that, if every day you're being exposed to 50 things that people are telling you are the most important you've ever experienced... Your natural inclination is to the, the, is to be numb each with each passing day. You become more numb to them. They seem less significant because you know you were told yesterday this was really important. It ultimately wasn't. And then okay, I'm not going to fall for it. So now like it's so hard to feel like something's important that they tr- that, that everything gets overemphasized and it's just it's it's difficult. And again, I see this fully aware that I'm I'm a victim of it. You know I I I. I uh, it, it's and that really has pushed me away from uh, from a lot of consumption of of news and that sort of thing in real time. Like I just um, like one thing about like in my business, you know, see, like to me, if if uh, you know, we have a relatively small firm, but if we if our firm were to grow and we were to have a lot of like more junior employees, I would forbid them from watching CNBC because it's completely <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's completely bad. Like it's it's if you turn on CNBC at any time during the trading day. You, if you're like like a layman, and I say layman, I mean like you guys who aren't act, you know, you don't actively invest in individual stocks, and you know, you you just you're not. If you were to just turn on CNBC tomorrow, like two o'clock, you whatever's going on, you would be convinced as a layman watching that that it was like either fucking Armageddon, or like the best thing that ever happened, and that's just the way they're constructed, and it's so ridiculous because. It's so much noise. It has nothing to do with the reality of the situation. Yeah. None of uh, none of the media has anything to do with reality. No, that's what I mean, right? It's, yeah. it's exactly. It's like uh, like I was reading on. The, I, I was getting my hair cut today, and it was, it was, I had the uh, the Atlantic app up, and I was like looking through it, and there was this article about like Romney's vice presidential choice, and it, like made this article out about Rubio seem like it was like the biggest political slate in the history of mankind that Romney's uh. people said that Rubio wasn't a candidate for vice president. I was thinking. Look, that's just part of the political process. Like, it's neither a big deal yeah. and it's not insignificant. Like, it's part of the process. Like, yeah. oh, Obama, Obama cut that off at the news last week, by the way. Right, but you know what I'm saying? No, like, like it's just that's just the one example that I experienced today. But it's just it makes you just I don't know. It, it's just it's hard to handle. And along that same line, you can follow us all on Twitter, and huh. you can hmm. sign up at the forum at where David. Chris, you'll appreciate this. Like the the, I mean the sports analogy, like the LeBron thing, right? It's like yeah. after game one, all oh, LeBron can't win in the clutch. Now they've won three in a row. Late game heroics by him, and it's like, ooh, Durant yeah. can't win. Yeah. win. I heard it today. In a couple, it's Durant's they, not a clutch player. I'm like, really? Durant? You guys were saying Durant was like the most clutch player in modern yeah. era a week before. Now he's not a clutch player. It's like, yeah. it's ridiculous. And, you know, it's like he win the championship, which they're gonna win the fucking thing. I. We'll put a stopwatch on the first major media comparison to Michael Jordan, and then I'm going to buy a fucking sniper rifle. <laughs> uh, 
it, it's right. going to happen, and it's going to happen, and it's going to happen fast. Yeah, I mean, Tim Legler was saying that if, if or Jalen Rose was saying that if 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 Jerry West played in this era, he wouldn't be known as Mr. Clutch, and he wouldn't be on the NBA logo because he went to ten NBA Finals and lost them. You know, it's like he would have been, oh, a guy can't win the fucking clutch. He can't, can't win the big one, you know. And meanwhile, this is a guy that's nicknamed as Mr. Clutch. Mm-hmm. And the logo, because of how good he was. But it's like, in today's era, he would have been a, he, two years at, two two NBA Finals flops on the road to Bill Russell. He would have been like, oh, guy can't win the big one. It's not as good as Bill Russell. Forget it. It's over. Yeah, yeah. but you know, when, it, when it comes to NBA players, I, I have absolutely zero... Um, sympathy because they are all about the hype and so you live by that sword you die by that sword and and that goes for you know even the players that I like but uh, you know that and and that's I you know the, the celebrities and this is kind of celebrities in general that that you know live and die by social media and having adulation of people that they don't know poured on them sure, sure. it's like you know just well, you're right, boy. Right? Look, Pujols is is was one month, literally one month, into a ten year contract, and the me like, oh fucking Pujols, what a what a horrible contract the, the, right. the Angels signed. Like, I can't believe it, right? And I mean, now everything's fine. You know, yeah, such a yeah. child. What? What? I'm such so, a child. He, he said you said Pujols. He oh. said Pujols. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, hey, everybody. That's it. That's it. This episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get your favorite funny books and collectibles at huge Wamba discounts, anywhere from 35 to 75% off their spotlighted specials, DCBService.com. Fire it up on your internet-ready device, and you will be amazed at the uh, how cheaply you can get your books. It's nuts. It really it's is. Nuts. Uh, yeah, you. In your travels... How about this, David? Just for you. Oh. Go to your comic shop, those buildings that really exist in the real world where you can get books and shit, and pick up Adventure Time number five. Ooh. In addition to the regular cast of characters, Paul Pope has four pages in here. The Maestro, Paul Pope. It's pretty awesome. Who does he draw? Um, the principal characters in a neat little. Uh, reality bending situation yeah. that uh, I, w- I won't reveal it because it's really cool. Um, yeah, there's a woman in my, a, a a woman in in one of the other technicians. She sounds just like Bimo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, she likes nice. it when you, when you fart. So yeah, Adventure <laughs> Time number five. It's great stuff. From boom, three ninety nine. Boom, cool. Um, Back to my trip to Cake, which was um, a hoot. Um, good job, everyone, on putting that together. Uh, I did meet another uh, uh, comic book artist whose work kind of jumped out at me, and I was like, "Ooh, this guy looks like he does some pretty, uh, some pretty sweet shit." Um, so I want you to go and check out Bart King's work, and that is at bartaking.com. And uh, in particular, check out his uh, uh, wordless mini comic called Post Office, which I picked up there, and is some uh, some really uh, really brilliant cartooning um, from uh, from Bart King. So uh, some more cool stuff from Cake there. Is that one or two words? Post Office. 
Um, two words. Post office. Gotcha. Did I say it as post office? No, but I um, I, I sometimes oh. forget whether it's one or two words. So I oh, you're making make show notes. Yeah. Yes. It is uh, Charles um, um, Bukowski's post office. Get out. Yes. Bukowski. Huh. <laughs> Don't you kick, dare. Kick Bukowski. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's his interpretation of Charles Bukowski's post office. Nice. Yeah, it's it's real. I, Vince, I think you'll love it. Yeah, Bukowski, sure. I love well, it. I mean, I, I, when, I'm, when I, I, when I fire up the Internet Ready device and check out Bart King's art, I bet you yeah, I will, too. I, I, I think yep. you, will, you will be a very big Bart King fan. Cool. Good stuff. Uh, I've got a little something. I it, it's another anthology. Um, it uh, I really enjoy the first half of this book. Uh, new from Image. Check out creator owned heroes. Uh, have um, there's yeah uh, Trigger Girl Six, which is written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray with artwork by Phil Noto. There's part one in the second half of the book. The first half of the book, this is, this, it all goes downhill once you get past this first chapter of, of American Muscle because it's it's written by Steve Niles, but what really has me checking this story out of American Muscle is artwork by none other than Mr. Kevin Mellon. Cool. Oh. Yes. And it is muscle cars. There's a cast of characters that are all unique, and it just this really is a Kevin Mellon drawn story. It looks fantastic. I am. Uh, I will be checking this book out pretty much for Effort. this story. There's there's no um the, the Trigger Girl Six is it's okay. I mean it's. It's Phil Noto, so I mean, you, you definitely get his style, but it's um, it's not as meaty as as uh, the Niles Mellon collaboration. It's uh, and there's there's interviews and and um, spotlights on every single creator except for Mr. Mellon, and that's I believe that's because while the uh, while the interviews were being conducted, while this book was was going to press, he was in the process of moving to Atlanta. So uh, I think in the, in an upcoming issue, uh, probably around the fourth, I think he said there will be an interview with Kevin. But um, there's an interview with Neil Gaiman in this issue. There's I mean it's there's a lot going on between these two covers here, and. Um, and like I said, I mean, if you dig the anthologies, if you dig the creators that 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 are involved in this, you want to check it out. But I, I do agree with Jason. I'm not real keen on the on the title of the book. But luckily, we're not into judging things just by what's on the cover. So check it out. Ruth, uh, in your travels, if you happen to uh, fancy looking at stuff on the internet, there is a new sketch blog that is unbelievably dope and that is the official handbook of the Marvel Universe Redux edition hmm. you can find it on Ohatmu Redux which is O-H-O-T-M-U if people are wondering what it is it's official handbook of the Marvel Universe so it's O-H-O-T-M-U-R-E-D-U-X dot blogspot dot com 
there's a thread in our forums which has a link to it as well, but uh, right. go directly to it. It's uh, a bunch of artists that are being asked to sketch in their own imagination each and every uh, of the original Ohatmu entries. Uh, That's some awesome. of the people. It's really awesome. It's uh, Chris Eliopoulos is part of it, Dave Peterson of Mouse Guard fame, uh, George Kambadai. So I don't know his work, but he's been doing a bunch of these that are great. Patricio Oliver, um, Tommaso Despina. The stuff is fantastic. Vince, they did a ROM today. John Bishop did a ROM today. Cool. Um, there's now a is, crystal. What's that? Is, is this uh, with an eye to eventually publishing it later? Like, does Marvel have anything mm. to do with this? No, no, I don't think so. This is uh, oh, just a, like it's the, a fan thing. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's like by the by the same. You know, it's it's um, like you know the covered. You know that covered blah. It's it's by the same crew that. that oh, uh, nice. Yeah, but uh, it's you know huh. for those that that Patricio don't know, Oliver's Warlock is awesome. Yep, yep. Um, you know, I was the reason I became a comic book fan was largely because of a hot move. Hmm. So this is like unbelievable. I mean, in fact, I've already reached out to two of these artists and asked them if they do any commissions. Um. And then when you're ready to read some good old-fashioned print comics, um, the Brian Woods' new series, which follows right after his just freshly wrapped DMZ series. Oh. Uh, first issue is out. It's called The Massive. Massive. Uh, Brian Woods, the writer, uh, Dave Stewart on colors, and be- unbelievably beautiful artwork by Christian Donaldson. Yep. Um, this is, again, something right up my alley. I love post-apocalyptic and dystopian stories. It's one of my favorite subgenres. You read the... This uh, is that. Um, you, you read the Dark Horse Presents lead into it, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. This is a post-disaster apocalyptic world where uh, there's a, a ocean vessel named the Capital uh, and it's looking for its, uh, its, its I guess, sister ship or for lack of a term called the Massive. Um, the protagonist, a guy named Cal, is real. Uh, it's it's it, the first issue was an amazing start, um, and you know Brian Wood has definitely proven himself to be a great long form storyteller. So I'm very very excited about this in a huge way. So, hmm. so Angar the Screamer is a ridiculous ridiculous character. Yes, oh yeah, yes, for by sure. The way, he's one of the guys I reached out to actually. Um, if if I did not, I had I, I didn't finish the massive, but it was between that. And creator on heroes to be my in your travel, so I'm glad you went. With nice, me. nice, great minds, baby. Cool. You so it's safe me. to say that it's not an oh hot mess. No. About no, dude. All right, everybody. It, think it, it, it is pretty. Yay. It's oh hot mootiful. Woo! That's a word. So hot mootiful. That. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being here. We'll be back next week, oh, whether you like it or later. not. Look for us. We'll look for you. We'll leave the light oh. on for you. Yeah. Oh, like Motel oh, 6. Okay, yep. Yep. Aww. And Aww. candy on the pillow. Although, it's not well, really candy. It's not really candy. <laughs> oh, David <laughs> Peterson. It's David a dollop. And rocking the rocket raccoon. It's awesome. That's really nice. Go. Yo. Three, two, toy ducks. Sign. Ah, three, two, one, right? Two, eighteen. Yes. I'm, I'm ready. <clears throat> Three, two, one. Eight, eleven o'clock comics, episode two hundred uh, and. Uh, <laughs> that's coming out. That's that's fine. <laughs> that is now. That is now. <laughs>
<laughs> maybe, maybe I'll put that at the end. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh. Jesus. Much too intelligent for sure. That wasn't me. I don't even try it. <laughs> that's fucked up. It is. It is. Is it, like, like, it cold in here? <laughs> Three, two, and one. <laughs>